ABC Chief Meteorologist, or excuse me, Meteorologist Joe Puma. Mostly sunny and not as cold, a high of 30. Tonight, increasing clouds, a low of 22. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, snow showers after sunset, a high of 35. Thursday, snow showers, wintry mix possible in the afternoon, high of 34. Friday, snow showers, several inches possible, high of 34. Right now, Radio Bloomington, it is 31 degrees. Where should I begin? Can we talk about this? Say, hey, what are you trying to say? Beyond the usual controversial talk. Blah, 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 blah. Over there. No. Hello, no. One, two, cha-cha-cha. One, two, cha-cha-cha. Prepare yourself. Okay. For Craig. Okay. Preparing a mighty new spectacle here. Articulate. <laughs> stimulating. Yeah. Hit you right in the... Mm-hmm. There you go. We start becoming a team... This is the Craig Collins Show. Lord Jesus, oh God, no. On WJBC. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Now your host. He's a good man. Craig. You think that's an apt description of the show? Mark Strauss, the ultimate power in the universe. No, the station is the ultimate power that's in correct. the universe. But it, it happened because I, I took the airwaves, according to my intro. That's when it became the ultimate power. Um, well, we're going to talk about impeachment. Because how do we not? The the thing, it starts today. The Super Bowl. It's not of, really starting today. This is just okay. them arguing over the rules. Is this the Super Bowl of politics? Is that what it is? I guess. Okay. All right. Um, I think it's going to be boring. I've said on this very station, I think it's going to be boring. I think that the outcome is determined no matter what we discover. No matter what, you know, uh, stones. Are, and it's not, I'm not trying to say that, like, I think someone's guilty or innocent. I don't even care. At this point, I just know that, that. At the end of the day, however long this takes, he's acquitted, he's still president, and he's still running for office. I thought it was interesting, though, before Mark, you and I speak about it, to take some uh, audio from the White House counsel, one of the people who spoke today at this hearing, uh, because I think his point is fairly solid. He's saying that a partisan impeachment in an election year is silly. Uh, what's a better idea is to vote for the person you'd like to see you could stay say in office. You could say that it's meddling in the election. You, I think you could. Uh, it would be easier for everyone involved to just decide who they want to be president, and they can use things like whether or not they think he abused his power and whether or not they think that they want someone in office who, who they feel might continue to do stuff like that. Just vote. Vote and decide. But here's what the White House counsel had to say during this trial. And what are the stakes... What are the stakes? There's an election in almost nine months. Months from now, there's going to be an election. Senators in this body the last time had very wise words. They echoed the words of our founders. A partisan impeachment is like stealing an election. And that's exactly what we have. We have, talk about the framers' worst nightmare. It's a partisan impeachment that they've delivered to your doorstep. He is not wrong. And again, whether or not you think that what actually happened is or isn't illegal, what actually happened is or isn't impeachable, the people in power, the people in Congress, uh, decided to impeach this president very partisanly. Uh, Republicans were against it. Democrats were for it. So again, these are, that is actually just a fact. It's not an opinion. It's not uh, admonishing or or claiming someone to be innocent. Innocent. It is just simply saying 
that as of right now, the parties are very divided on this. They'll continue to be, spoiler alert, and they will choose, since Republicans are now the the more powerful party in the Senate, not to do anything. They will they will acquit. They will, you know, this will all go away. So so I just ask you, Mark, what what are we doing? What what do you expect to happen during this? What are your I expect the unexpected to happen. Okay. Because I'm not sure that ultimately as this trial proceeds, mm-hmm. and again, nothing's happening today. Correct. They're arguing over the rules. Uh they're laying down their initial arguments. Uh, what I expect is the unexpected. I expect that uh, by the time we get knee-deep into the trial, that the trial won't be about Trump anymore. Okay. But, but I was going to say this. Let's just jump to the conclusion, all right, the that's... one that you're not considering at all, Okay. that the president is convicted in this trial, which, again, is almost unfathomable since you need 67 votes or two thirds or two uh two thirds yeah. of the senate to vote for conviction which means you'd need several republicans well it's not going to happen but right. let's pretend that it does right trump's going to run for election anyway i know and he can still win and then you know if you really think about this yeah in a perverse way convicting him and removing him which just puts Mike Pence in there for the time being, the yeah. vice president, mm-hmm. convicting Trump and removing him gives him an even stronger case. Some would say that it proves what he's been saying all along and may bring him even more support than he has right now, 10 months from election. Okay, so there's a couple interesting things about what you said. Uh, first, it's absolutely true uh, right now that his support within people who, who were on his side to begin with, it's only rising. Uh, this has not harmed the amount of interest, the amount of support that people in his party are giving to him. Voters are giving him. He has the highest approval rating he's had in a while. Well, here's the thing. He's, got, he's getting stronger support among independent voters. That may also they're be seeing true. The, they're seeing... The fruits of his labor and their sure. and, and many of them are benefiting from it. Did you see what happened in Virginia yesterday? No. At the gun rights rally? No, I didn't. The number of people that showed up for that? Interesting. Um, well, so okay. So if you were talking about it from a political strategy standpoint, if you were trying to give, it wouldn't be a co- political strategy to get yourself removed from office so you could run no, for no, election. No, no, oh, hold on. But by the way, and 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 maybe maybe for those who aren't aware, you can be removed from office. And run for a second Correct. term. Correct. You can get reelected. You we would have to get well, impeached all over again. He wouldn't be reelected. He would be, be elected. elected. That's the but <laughs> now he wouldn't be. He accurate. would not be. He would not be eligible for a third term. Let me say this though. I, I want to say this because I don't want to sound like I'm I'm neglecting uh, both sides of the argument here. I do want to say. Well, I'm the one that brought up the possibility of conviction. Exactly. You did. Um, so so here's the thing. The last time we went through this whole process, the the crux of the issue was someone lying under oath. Someone abusing power is important. Those are important things, things we need to be concerned about, things we need to make sure to do our best to, to, to mitigate from happening for anyone in positions like the President of the United States. At the same time, we, we have well, the to— Well, the argument is over whether he abused his power Correct. or whether he was ex- exercising power that the President has under Article 2. Correct. At the same time, what we need in politics moving forward is bipartisan You're not going to get that. I, we just—we have to— have that be the Give barometer. Up. 
You're not. Get, here's why. You're laughing. I, I hate that you're right. You know, let's go way back. Do you okay. remember John Edwards when he uh-huh. was running for vice president with Al Gore? Sure. In 2000. Edwards spoke about something on the campaign trail because he was running for president before he agreed to become Gore's running mate. And that yeah. was uh, he his his buzz phrase was that there are two Americas. And he was right about that even though it wasn't quite the way he painted the picture. And there are two Americas, and we're seeing that every day. Do you think that we're seeing it to the extent... And and those two Americas, in terms of politics, are not reconcilable. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that we're seeing it to the extent that in terms of if someone did something much more egregious, something that no one could deny was an impeachable offense? No one. And I'm not saying this president, any president. I don't care what side of the aisle they're on. Do you think that no matter what happens moving forward, no one will be impeached unless the opposite party owns both the House and the Senate? I think it depends on, well, no, I, I the... Uh, there has to be a The line. Republicans <laughs> didn't try to impeach Obama when they held... They did not. ...both bodies, and Obama was the only Democrat in a leadership position in the executive branch. That is true. There, and there, there it, was... it depends on who's in charge. Yeah. And this group of Democrats right now... Look, let's, I'm going to go back a little bit, because I think you and I have talked off the air about it. What happened the last time a Republican president was elected? The last time a Republican president was elected? Yeah. Okay. Um, you're talking about Bush? Yeah. What? I don't know. What do you mean? They tried to recount him out of office before he got in. <laughs> That is true. That what their strategy is okay. is to disqualify yeah. their opposition. Mm-hmm. That's not a good and that's strategy. A, that's a, but that's the modern strategy of the yeah. Democratic Party. Well, and if, they're go, if they can't win, they try to disqualify their opponent. And, that, that, and they continue to do that. In that same uh, frame of logic, it is scary to think about some of the other. These are things that won't pass, but the, the attempt to... Uh, Look what Nancy Pelosi did to her own party by holding these impeachment articles. Yeah. She made sure that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren can't go out on the and Amy Klobuchar can't go on the campaign trail giving Biden an edge there right well, before the Iowa caucuses because now it's coming out that it wasn't it she held them not because of anything that would happen to Trump sure but because they're trying to manipulate the nomination process in their own party. Well, okay, moving to a different thing that's also been in the news and been talked about a lot, the the whole thing with Iran uh, and Iraq, um, the attempt to take away a power that is very much the president's to make military decisions Mm -hmm. because the House passes some sort of legislation that had no chance of going anywhere. It was really just, you know, um, symbolic at best of trying to force the president to (laughs) confer military action through Congress, through, you know, the House, through the Senate, whatever, those types of things, we should allow the structures that are in place to make decisions. It's the same thing that that the White House counsel is talking about today. Allow the voters to decide if President Trump should remain president in an election year. Allow that to take place. And if it doesn't work out for the guy, and if a lot of people are upset with the news, keep reporting on it. I'm not saying to, like, shove this stuff away, hide it. Any news organization that wants to out there, report whatever you think the truth is. The voters decide in November, it, then it's over. This whole thing is over. In le- instead, we have this elongated, silly version of, of politics where both sides are very much entrenched in their corner, and we have a rushed job in the House 
to impeach the guy. Well, I think you know. I think that a month delay. You sound like you're assigning equal blame to both sides of the aisle. I don't care who's more to blame. I don't even care anymore, Mark. Well, it's important for you to care because it's the reason where we are where we're at. Fair enough. That's that's true. Okay, that's true. Uh, I just my. And own by the thing, way, uh, you, on the subject on the subject of uh, of what you were just talking about, yeah, the president being the commander in chief. That's right. Yeah, that's that's a role he has. If we if 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 he has to consult with Congress, uh-huh. then now think about it. You don't need the position of president. I, I heard you say that off the air to me, and that's I. Otherwise, the president is like the Queen of England, <laughs> and she's just a figurehead. Right. She can veto stuff every once in a while if she feels like it. Other than that, nothing. You don't need. You don't need the president. You're right. In terms of an actual position with any sort of power, right. the, the executive becomes right. meaningless and powerless. Right. And Washington, the first president, he was a pretty good military leader, so we gave that power to, to presidents. I think. Partly right. because of that. And Washington didn't want to be the president because no, he, didn't. he didn't think power should be consolidated in one person the way it is in the executive. I'm running out of time. I got to I got to take a break. But uh, that's interesting because we talked about. Something but they else. chose him because they felt he had the unique character to pull that off. We, we talked about something else off the air for a while today um, that I thought was interesting about how planned this uh, whole thing would have been from the president's side of things. The, the impeachment process, all of it, I think that much like and this is why I say this. I don't think he wanted to be president when he first ran. I think he wanted to get out there. I think he wanted to spend, uh, spread a message. And I also think he might have wanted to raise his profile for any upcoming TV show stuff he did. And it just snowballed. And the guy's now been in office for four years. He's done a, a good job to anyone that supports him. He's passed a lot of legislation. The economy's great. There's a lot of positive things that have happened. But my perception of Donald Trump the entire time has always been a guy that's just succeeding. Whether he wanted to or not, he didn't. I don't think his intentions have always been as as concrete as so other you th- people do. So then you think he's the luckiest per- politician of all time. But this goes to what you just said about George Washington. I don't think he wanted to be president, per se, which might make him an effective leader, uh, because I don't know that that was exactly his desire. Uh, and I still think that. He's going to run again. I think he wants to now. I think he wants to stay president. But when he ran in 16... Well, he, want, he wants to finish what he intended to go there to do. Correct. Now he's been given a lot of uh, you know opportunity. He's done a lot of things with his a lot of agenda that he wanted to complete. So I think he, he wants to get that, that whole eight years done. But when he ran in 16, to this day, I still don't think he wanted to win. I don't think he didn't want to win. I just don't think that was the plan. And, and that's, that guides a lot of my thinking on one President Donald Trump. A quick break, a lot more coming up on AMPC Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder. The rest of the day today, mostly sunny. Tonight, increasing clouds, a low of 20. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a high of 34. Thursday, snow showers likely with a wintry mix possible at times, a high of 34. Friday, more snow possible. Uh, Freezing rain also possible, high of 33. Right now, Radio Bloomington, it is 31 degrees. Let me hit this button and do this. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. It's Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. I really do like any time that this stunt is pulled off, and it's been pulled off several a time. I think even Conan used to do, a lot of people, I think, do this because it's, it's a really good um, you know, take, a really good change, surprise, whatever you want to call it, on something we all do a lot. If you take Uber, if you take Lyft at all, uh, you get in the car with a complete stranger. You do it very often, uh, especially in bigger cities. So anytime a company, a movie, what have you, uh, goes rogue and puts a celebrity 
in the driver's seat for your random Uber. I, it's such a smart idea because you couldn't. There's no way to to you know not be surprised by this situation. You order the Lyft, you order the Uber. You can't know it's going to be a celebrity, and then boom, there's Will Smith picking you up to promote Bad Boys, the newest uh, Bad Boys movie. And here I'm just going to play a little quick because mostly this is a good video to watch. Um, but here's just a couple people's reactions to Will Smith being sitting there in the car. And I just, I love seeing this stuff. Hey, I'm your lift driver. I don't have all day to be waiting. Get in. <laughs> What's up? How you doing? This is super cool. This just got super So chill, cool. that person. And the last one. What's up, man? What's good, bro? Welcome. Welcome. How you doing? Dude, I'm doing good. You? That last guy, I love that last guy. He's hugging Will Smith. His name's Mateo. I guess his uh, girlfriend is a huge fan of uh, one Will Smith, so he even, like, FaceTimes her during it. Uh, but I love that dude getting in the front seat of the, the lift car. Will Smith sitting there. Yeah, you, you know, do the bro hug with the guy. What's good, dude? It's such a fun, it's such a fun thing. Uh, Chris Bryant had done this, I think, before he was even terribly famous with the Cubs. So this was, like, rookie of the year season Chris Bryant or something to that effect. And so most of the people who got in the car did not know it was him uh, until, you know, several minutes in, him dropping enough hints. I think for one person, he actually had to drive by Wrigley in Chicago and his poster is up. And so someone had to actually like glance up at the poster and then look back at him and be like, wait a minute, you're Chris Bryant. So it's, it's cool when they do it that way. But man, I would love to get picked up by Will Smith. I'd love for... I What celebrity, what person would you want to be your random Lyft or Uber driver? 829... 829- Two three five. Call in and tell me that because I can think of a bunch of them. Derek Jeter is one that I'd love to have too, and he hopefully is a unanimous pick for the Hall of Fame today. By the way, I think I heard Mark Strauss. I don't know if his opinion is that Derek shouldn't be in the Hall. I don't think it is, but he referenced that some people think that Derek is an overrated baseball player, and I, I can't, I can't deal with that conversation, and I don't know. How much people here in Bloomington care? I don't know. It's the Hall of Fame. It's a big deal. But Derek Jeter has the most hits, the most hits of any shortstop in the history of baseball. Any shortstop in the history of baseball. Derek Jeter has the most hits. He is sixth all time on the hit list. And by the way, he hit over 300 for his entire career. These are all things that make you a unanimous Hall of Fame selectioner easily a Hall of Fame selection on a first ballot, all important things. Did he hit a lot of home runs? No. He had something like 260. He did not hit a lot of home runs. That wasn't his thing. Everyone that goes to the Hall doesn't need to hit home runs. However, he was tremendously clutch in the postseason, also hit 300 there, Mr. Consistency, 20 home runs in the postseason, very valuable clutch uh, hitting, so incredible in both those ways. Some people would criticize his defense, as well. He doesn't actually, this is kind of funny. Uh, New Yorkers do make this joke, uh, both on social media and just in general, that if they ever do name a street after Derek Jeter close to Yankee stadium, uh, it'll be right. Only you won't be able to go left. You'll have to only go right because he, he didn't have defensive, but he did play the position, the most grueling position on the baseball diamond, his entire career. So did he have defensive range? Not all the time. Did he follow plays, make miraculous defensive plays every so often? Did he sacrifice his body all the time? Yes. 
And most importantly, about Derek Jeter, by the way, and I think anyone, anywhere in the United States, anywhere that cares about baseball, can easily say he played the game the right way. No controversy, no problems around Derek, dated many a celebrity lady, never had you know a tabloid thing come up that was bad, didn't do steroids, never embroiled in any of that controversy, just consistent, fantastic baseball play in the biggest, most you know intense market that we have in our country, avoided any ability to say anything negative. The press even liked him, which is very hard to do, to get the press in New York to like you while you're telling them nothing, by the way. They start to vilify guys who answer questions like Derek does if they feel like these guys aren't upstanding dudes. But because it's Derek Jeter, his non-answers to anything were praised. He was excellent baseball player, excellent ambassador for the sport. He deserves to be the second unanimous Hall of Fame selection after one Mariano Rivera, the best closer of all time, uh, was, was unanimously selected last year. It'd be great. Two, two of my favorite Yankees go in two years in a row as unanimous Hall of Fame votes. That would be incredible. Anyone that thinks Derek doesn't deserve it, you're a hater. You're a hater, and I don't think Mark Strauss is a hater. I just know that he referenced there are some out there, and uh, I just wanted to set the record straight here. But I will move on. I will move on from that stuff as well today. i got to take a break. After that, I want to talk about – it's weird. I see these studies all the time, and they, they, for whatever reason, they captivate me. I dive in every time. Most things I see say that breakfast is a super important uh, meal, but a new study says that maybe the number one thing you can do to help your diet this year – Skip breakfast. This isn't going to make the wife happy, but I'll talk about that. You're listening to The Great Collins Show on WJBC. It's Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC, hanging out with you guys until 6 o'clock today. I believe we have some sort of sporting event on at 6.30 tonight. I'll get you more details on that. By the way, you can uh, you can go to my Facebook page. I did this. I did this yesterday, and I did it all day yesterday, and I guess I kind of sort of apologize for it, but I need donations. I need them. Uh, you can go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show. Uh, donate to my Polar Plunge uh, thing. Up to 100 bucks is needed. I'm at 40 Rose uh, threw $20 down yesterday. Thank you, Rose. I, I begged all day, and she uh, she delivered. So I'm up to $40. I need to get to 100 in order to jump into the uh, the cold, cold water in February. This is all for Illinois Special Olympics. It's not, you know, for me. So if you donate to my cause on the Facebook page, on that link you find, you know, it's it's going to a really worthwhile endeavor. So hopefully that alone encourages some more people to, to if they can, uh, do that. Uh, but I'm also going to give away B4 Festival tickets uh, if you just share it. You don't have to donate. That would be wrong. I don't need to make you uh, pay for a prize here on the radio. But if you share the social media post, which is up at WJBC, it'll be up all show long. It's up on the Craig Collins Show Facebook page. Share it from anywhere. You are entered in for a chance to win tickets to the B4 Festival. I will give them out at the end of the show at 6 o'clock. We had a winner yesterday do it, one of only like three or four people to share. So the odds of winning were tremendous. Uh, if you do this, you, you have a really good shot, unless all of a sudden we get flooded with shares uh, which I don't know if that'll happen, but if you go to the Facebook page, share it between now and, and just before 6, you are entered into a chance to win. I will draw one random name at 6, and they get two tickets to the B4 Festival, uh, which is something you want to go to. It sounds like a lot of fun. 
bourbon, BBQ, blues. Come on. These are great things. You'll have fun. And you'll also hopefully spread the awareness for a great cause. Because the only other person at the station doing it, and not even at WJBC, but in our group, is Buck. Uh, and he is crushing me. He's got like $800 raised of his goal of 1000 I set my goal low, low at 100 bucks. My mom has offered to cover the difference, but don't do that. Come on. I'm two, three months into this gig here in Bloomington, and I don't want my mom to have to pay for me uh, to, to hit goals and charity things. If you can help, please do. You'll find it on the Facebook page, the WJBC page, or my Craig Collins Show page. You just have to share, and you get a chance for tickets. If you donate, you're an awesome person even more. Uh, and thank you again to Mary Maids for donating. Thank you to Rose for donating. It is awesome uh, to have at least some donations in there. So I mentioned this before the break. Skipping breakfast could be like your your one dieting genius stroke of 2020. And it's not actually so. A lot of times people say breakfast is the most important meal. My wife actually, before dating me, before you know signing up for this for her whole life, um, she used to have big breakfasts, medium lunches, and really little dinners. So I think you could actually do the fad uh, diet the same way if you roll in that boat. Uh, but what it is is mostly just a, a fasting diet, um, which you're hearing a lot more about, especially in places like Silicon Valley. People who you know work for these giant tech companies or tech startups who want to work 20-hour days and get very little sleep, they're very into the fasting diet. What that means is all of your eating, and I mean literally all of it, like you can't have any food outside of this window. All of the eating you do every day takes place within a six-hour window. And then the other 18 hours of every single day is a water-only fasting situation. That's right. Water-only. You can't do anything else. No beverages. No nothing. Uh, apparently, there's so many benefits to this type of dieting that I'm, I'm just dumbfounded by. It reduces stress, increases life longevity, according to some studies. Uh, reactions from the Your World Generational uh, uh, panel that I guess discussed all these kind of diets said that it was one of the most effective diets you can consider. Uh, Dr. Oz apparently is a big proponent of it, etc. Mark Wahlberg, the actor, uh, does this. He even eats breakfast, I guess, as part of it, but he fasts in the second half of the day. So again, it's up to you. You can go rogue. I think that uh, Fox News wanted the headline to be, you know, breakfast specific uh, because you don't hear that that often, that breakfast isn't an important meal in the day. But, you know, either way, eating in six hours from when you first wake up to when you're, you know, midday, although I imagine that would be tough. Uh, if you're doing it that way, if you're eating at eight, seven, six, whatever time before you have to go to work as like the first the first amount of sustenance you get in you and then you're. You're working all day long, but you have to cut yourself off from all food, all food by like two. That's kind of rough. That's going to be a rough rest of the day. And I love a big dinner. Uh, 829-2345. Tell me if you're the kind of person that prefers the big meal to be first or last. I like it last. I don't know what it is about that because we didn't even like growing up. We didn't have big family dinners. And that's the other thing about uh, why my wife Betty loves breakfast so much. Uh, her family would have, like, huge family breakfasts before her dad would go to the farm. He's a farmer. Uh, before everyone else would go to whatever jobs or things they had, uh, they would have these big daily breakfasts. That would be their meal to get to know, like, what's going on in everyone's lives, to catch up, even when they all started to move. Now, granted, most of her family lives in a small town in Mexico 
So when they moved, it wasn't really... They can all walk to each other's homes. We're the only ones who have to take a plane and or a car to get inside the home of any of her family members. The rest of them can all just do it on foot. Uh, but they did this their, their whole lives, from when they were kids all the way till now. Every morning, if you go visit them, there will be a big breakfast with all the family. And so that's like part of the, the connection there, I think. Uh, it's true for me and dinner, even though we really didn't do it like that. Like uh, my family, we were more grab stuff as you go people, all of us. Uh, my mom was, my sisters who were older than me were. My younger brother and I would sometimes just have, I think we'd live off a of popcorn chicken for like a week. Like, we'd make it every day for dinner. When we got home, my mom would look at us and be like, I'm right, fine. One more day of popcorn chicken's not going to kill them. And we would just do that. And it would just be the two of us, and we'd sit and watch television. But for whatever reason, that became like the meal of the day for me. And it's just, it's the last meal. So if you're going to follow a diet like this, I guess you got to pinpoint a meal that's the big one. Although I don't even think you necessarily need to eat, you know, huge. There's a lot of diets that say just eat small amounts every few hours and that could work too it keeps your metabolism going i guess uh, but for this diet i think that that 18 hours when you're you know just not doing anything maybe i'll try this should i try this i, I know brian one of our listeners would probably try it with me he's down for anything uh 829-2345 would you try the fasting diet do you think you could handle 18 hours of no food consumption whatsoever and yes that includes the time you're asleep and six hours of all of your food getting shoved down the pie hole in that amount of time, uh, do you think you could do it? Because I guess that that extended period of not eating, you know, allows your body to to start grabbing for stuff it's been storing, all that stuff that's, uh, you know, sitting there just waiting for that day that you need it. And so that's, I guess, why you lose so much weight and why it's interesting to see, too, that it actually helps with stress, you know? I don't know why my stress would be reduced from a 18-hour fasting period, but this study says that they've seen a lot of results there. So it's interesting to consider. I wonder if more people try it. If I get a listener to do it with me, I'll do it. That's my rule for 2020. Anytime that I throw an idea out there, if one listener is willing to try it with me, and it can't be Brian every time, but if someone's willing to, to honor system do it, uh, then I'm down. Uh, I also saw this story, which I liked a lot. Oh, Betty is now texting me. Betty said that she's willing to do it. Uh-oh. Oh, that's not good. Oh, Betty also says this. This is kind of cool. I should do more of this. Uh, apparently in Mexico, radio hosts will say hi to truck drivers every day when they start the show. Because truckers, you guys listen. You guys are probably a good amount of the uh, audience base for most radio stations. So every morning you hop on and the first thing you're supposed to say is, hey, truckers, hope your day's going well. Hope you're, you're doing good out there. That's kind of cool. I like that. I'm going to keep doing that. Uh, Caller, you're on the air. Hi. What's your name? I'm on a trucker headset every time I talk to you. There you I'm go. Usually in a in a truck. See. So I'm thinking, if I fast with you, do I get to eat steak and shake afterwards? <laughs> do I, are we earning stuff? I don't know, man. You know, just, I don't know. Do you want to? Are you trying to lose weight, Brian? In 2020, is that something you're trying to do? Oh, I'm always trying. Okay. Well, the fasting thing. This sounds like it would work. 18 hours and no food, and six hours of going insane. So do we do we drink? <laughs> you got to drink water. In any of the fasting time. You can't even have, like, right. nothing with calories, man. 18 hours of so, calorie-free uh, life. I could do that. You think so? No one else wants to die. Oh, yeah. I mean, when do you want to... This is ridiculous. If we make it, like, a bet, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. no problem. Like, 
I'm, I'm leaning back to grab a pen. I, I'm going to start a new segment on the show, like what uh, bets did Brian and Craig have going? Because we're just going to have a bunch of things. Right now, That's we're right. both not eating fat. How, how are you doing on the fast food thing? Uh, earlier, I have a, earlier this week, the boss wanted to treat everybody, and he really Uh-oh. wanted uh, Wendy's chili. Yeah. So he went to Wendy's, and I got a salad. Nice. Look at that. Wow. I, I would got say. A from Wendy's. No junior bacon cheeseburger. No oh. malt. No malt. No nothing. Oh, that hurts. I was watching everybody else eat their greasy, <laughs> delicious food, and I'm like, wow, I really. I yeah, really just myself. Well, I, I, mean? like, I would say, and maybe I can throw that up on the JBC Facebook page, too, that if the boss asks, like that, now it's a work thing. Now I don't think you're eating out. I think you're, that's a work function. So I think you could have broke the rules uh-huh. there. Oh, there we go. There you go. Um, how can you say no to the boss? You right. Know, that would cost you in the long run. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, man, I, I don't want you to be giving up fast food if you don't have a job anymore. You got you to gotta do what the boss says. Um, but I can't afford it, right? Right. So then, <laughs> so you're doing, you're doing well then on the fast food thing. Oh, yeah, no problem. Okay. I'm doing fine as far as as long as Sunday is my cheat day, just like it Lent. If that's still a thing, which yeah, I'm... Yeah, I think that works perfect. I mean, it's right. still better than what, what we were doing, you know, I mean, uh, as far as me anyway. I mean, I was getting really bad where it was McDonald's or something close, you know, just to yeah. grab a burger or something out of... Sometimes I don't even know if I was hungry. I think it was just out of boredom. Well, but you're also on the road all the time as a trucker, so like that oh, that yeah. makes sense, man. Uh, okay, so before... i got to take a break here in a little bit. we got a news thing coming up uh, pretty soon. But so this fasting thing, you and I are now going to do, when do you want to start this? I mean, whatever's easier for you. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Right now. No, no, I don't want to start now. Friday. <laughs> you want to do it on Friday? Friday? Oh, you want to do it Friday? You yeah. drag me through the weekend on it? No, I don't know. Oh, well, then, okay. Well, because I got Rob Dobbs coming in, too, so I figured, like, that'd be a nice capper. At the end of the Rob Dobbs <laughs> visit, then I can just stop eating. Oh, yeah. uh, all right, yeah. maybe Monday. I have Michael bring us in a couple of ribeyes. Yeah, yeah, see, there you go. Actually, I'm going to go out there, man. I'm going to uh, Rob Dobbs shooting a video and stuff. I'm going to I'm going to be there with Manny, their award-winning chef, uh, oh, this Manny Friday. Chef. Yep. Yeah. I, I sat with him at one of the rotary uh, nice. things that I did. Yeah, he's a really really interesting guy. Brian, you are a surprisingly connected uh, listener. That is that is impressive the amount of people you know. Uh, but all right, how about Monday? Monday we're going to fan Walder the rest of the day today, mostly sunny. Tonight increasing clouds, a low of 20. Tomorrow mostly cloudy, a high of 34. Thursday, snow likely with a wintry mix possible at times, a high of 34. That does not sound good. I don't like wintry mix as an explanation for things. I don't even know what that means, per se. Uh, Friday, snow likely with possible freezing rain. Is that a wintry mix? A high of 33. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 29 degrees. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. It's Craig Collins Show. On AM 1230 WJBC, uh, I thought this study was interesting. 2,000 Americans were asked, uh, Valentine's Day doesn't get a lot of love. People, I think most people think that it's like a manufactured holiday. It's one created by Hallmark or whoever to, to sell stuff uh, to make uh, people feel guilty about relationships that they maybe don't appreciate enough and run out and grab flowers, chocolates, whatever. Uh, but apparently 81% of Americans are excited about Valentine's Day. That is more than even Christmas. Christmas checks in at something like 68%. So according to at least one survey, uh, words out on who sponsored it, the most exciting holiday to a to an American citizen is Valentine's Day. And there's a lot of reasons uh, for that, I guess. In today's day and age, it's popular to celebrate this holiday with more than just a significant other. Uh, you can celebrate the love you have for your kids 
for example, as a as a Valentine's Day you know celebration. You can celebrate with your fur babies, according to this article. Twenty eight percent of people will celebrate Valentine's Day with a pet. Um, uh, I'm not sure, you know, if that means that you'll social media that celebration. If you're bringing home, you know, treats or something, I don't know how the celebration works. But 28 percent of people who responded said that they're excited because they will be celebrating the holiday with a pet. Fifty one percent, as I said, would like to celebrate that holiday with their kids in some way. Fifty nine percent are just planning on celebrating with anybody in their life that they love. It doesn't matter if it's a pet, a kid, whoever, uh, a significant other, just everybody just uh, spread love, which also is interesting that in the survey it mentions 69 percent of people will say I love you more on Valentine's Day than any other day all year long. Um, Some of the other stuff that's interesting, the average American will spend at least 50 bucks on the holiday. So in a few weeks, uh, you know, 20 some odd days, 21, 22 days, you'll drop at least $50. One in five will spend up to a hundy. And that's just on the gift. That's not saying that like the, you know, if you go out and have a meal that it's factoring in that price. A third of Americans surveyed, 33% have taken the day off to celebrate Valentine's Day before. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know that I don't know that we should get to day off uh, situations for that. But if you're more excited about this holiday than Christmas or any other one, I mean, we get the day off for that one. So I don't know. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people very excited. And this actually ties into the comparison between the two holidays, uh, a story I had talked about that I'm definitely going to start doing. Uh, but I talked about it, I think, last week. People are decorating their Christmas trees to be Valentine's Day friendly. You know, pink tinsel, uh teddy bears and things on it, anything that they can think of to be Valentine's Day-esque to keep the Christmas tree going. And I love that. I love that idea. And uh, even though we didn't get, we got a tiny little Charlie Brown tree this year, so it wasn't going to work out. Next year, I'm planning on doing it and then keeping the tree for two months. I haven't checked with the the wife on availability there on on her decisions. And she does does kind of control the house a little more than me. I'm a little... A little more whipped than most, um, but I, I want to do it. Uh, at least I'm saying I'm hoping we do it. Just got to get an okay from the boss. Um, another thing, I, I am talking about Valentine's Day for this segment, if you haven't noticed. Uh, Airbnb announced today that they are going to be offering the the Romeo and Juliet townhouse, the one from the 1968 film adaptation. Uh, it's in Italy. Someone will win a stay there on Valentine's Day, which is a very, very cool thing. The house... And uh, my grandmother's going to get mad when I say this because uh, I think I'm going to butcher the uh, the Italian. I didn't learn it, Grandma. I-, I know you wanted me to. Mom didn't teach it. I don't even know that Mom knows a lot of it anymore. Uh, but so the Casa de Giulietta in Verona, Italy, and the actual bed that was featured in that movie is is still there, I guess. They still use it. So you get one night, a modern day. It says modern day. So hopefully the facilities have been upgraded since the 13th century townhome was built. Uh, a modern-day, one-night stay on Valentine's Day. Two guests treated to a tour of the castle, uh, a tour of the area. You're going to have a personal butler. you got a candlelit dinner with a Michelin-starred chef, uh, so that's pretty cool. And then, of course, you get to crash the whole time in the uh, in the deluxe uh, Valentine's Day suite that they have. That's a, that's a pretty cool... I want to win that. I do. I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do to proactively... I might just... I don't know. Maybe I'll spring for this. How much does this actually cost on the Airbnb? Stay in Juliet's house on Valentine's Day in Airbnb. I'm going to apply to this right here. 
But, uh, you know, this might, that'd be really cool. That's a cool thing to do with the holiday, which also seems to go way above and beyond what you would think, like, Valentine's Day is. If I traveled for that holiday, I'm, I'm belittling the idea that it's a more special holiday than any other. And then you throw out Juliet's home in Italy, and now I kind of want to take the missus and go for Valentine's Day one year just because it's Italy. Um, so that would be pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I, maybe I'll do it. May I, you know, whatever. You, you celebrate the holidays however you want. I will pitch the idea for Christmas. We're staying home. For Valentine's Day, we're traveling. Uh, and maybe that'll become more and more popular. Uh, this, by the way, that giveaway that you have until February 2nd to jump in, as I just did, apply here in English. Thank you very much, Airbnb. So you can you can get in and get a shot at that. And then you got to travel. If you win that, you can't. You got to take the day off work. You can't decline. Uh, you go. You got to go. Uh, it's very important. In other news, kind of sad news uh, hearing this today, and it's been reported a lot of places, Ozzy Osbourne has broken his silence on his battle with Parkinson's disease. Um, and it's, you know, I don't know what you think of Ozzy Osbourne. I don't know if you like his music. Um, I don't know if you like the human being, uh, the reality TV star, when he had the TV show as well. Uh, but uh, come on, you don't want to see anyone battle things like this. It's a shame um, to see and not even really know how much he was going through, but he was on Good Morning America, uh, and he talked about it a little bit. He says it's been terribly challenging for all of us. I did my last show New Year's Eve at the Forum, so he's still performing. Then I had a bad fall. I had to have surgery on my neck, which screwed all my nerves. Uh, to complicate the matters further, Osborne revealed he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Uh, he's it's Parkinson's two. His wife Shannon, uh, Sharon, excuse me, said, "I know who Sharon Osborne is." There's so many different types of Parkinson's. It's not a death sentence by any stretch of the imagination, but it does affect certain nerves in your body. And it's, it's like you have a good day, a good day, and then a really bad day. Um, so it's terrible news to hear about that. It's awful to, you know, think about him. It's crazy, though. Ozzy Osbourne, you know, uh, what is your memory, 829-2345, of any, if any, of the Prince of Darkness? Uh, my memory... And I don't even know if I actually, I definitely didn't see it when it happened, but I've seen it, I've seen video of it since. It's when he bit the head off of a live bat. That's the kind of, that's the kind of dude he was at one point. He was at the height of, of popularity at a certain point, you know. Uh, I think he was one of the biggest stars on the planet. And so it's, it's awful to hear news like this and crazy to think that he's still out there performing. So I don't know, you know, what can be done, what kind of treatments can be done to help make things better for Ozzy, but... You know, uh, you're certainly in our thoughts, uh, Prince of Darkness. And I, I'm, it's just awful to hear that stuff like that's going on. After the break, i got to take a break. I will be talking about a cloud formation. Yes, dead serious. I'm not going to try to do my Brian Walder, though. I can't, I can't pull that off. But there's a really interesting thing that developed in the clouds, um, and it wound up on Reddit, and everybody went crazy for it. I will share the picture on, on my Facebook pages. Um, it's, yeah, I think it's pretty awesome. But I'll talk about that after this. On UJBC.com. You're listening to The Great Collins Show on WJBC. Hey there. Great Collins Show. AM 1230 WJBC. Hanging out with you guys till 6 o'clock. You got a little Dave Ramsey after me. And then you got high school basketball starting at 630. Uh, IVC versus Central Catholic. So a good game. Uh, stay tuned for that. Larry will be on the call. So hang out with us all night long here on AM 1230. Um, I don't talk about cloud formations often on the radio. I don't think I've ever actually talked about a cloud formation before. Uh, maybe I have. I can't, I can't say that with full authority. Uh, but this one's pretty cool. The most popular baby 
of 2019. That is right, as voted on by you, the general public. Uh, the most popular baby of 2019, Baby Yoda, has appeared in clouds over the Cayman Islands, and it went viral. Uh, I just threw it up on my social media page. It really does. Like, I usually see where the, you know, the trying too hard comes into play on these sort of things, the the cookie that all of a sudden looks like some sort of religious figure, uh, whatever it is that, that goes viral in that world. They're like, oh, look, you see this image that shouldn't be here uh, kind of thing. But if you look at this cloud formation, it does look like Baby Yoda, it, 100%. That's, that's exactly what that is. Um, so for whatever reason, this, this went viral on Reddit. Someone snapped the photo while on vacation. Think of that. You're at the Cayman Islands. You're having a great time on vacation. And then all of a sudden you nerd out over a Disney TV show, uh, The Mandalorian, which is where Baby Yoda comes from, for anyone that doesn't know and anyone that doesn't care. Um, but the Baby Yoda cloud formation is is taking Twitter, taking uh, Reddit by storm. And it really, like I said, you got to check it out. Facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show. It, uh, very convincing. The most convincing, I would say, of any of these you know, image that shouldn't be here kind of photos I've seen in in a while. I don't know why that happened, uh, but it's got the ears, it's got the little hands, the little feet. That's a hundred percent Baby Yoda. Although I don't know how it's you know not regular Yoda too. Uh, I guess I, I guess you could make an argument that it's either or, but I think it's more proportionally Baby. Uh, so I'm going that road, and uh, you should check it out and see. You can also go to my Facebook page. Yes, I'm doing it all day. Uh, you can go to my Facebook page and share. My polar plunge post. I will be jumping into water in February, freezing my butt off. Uh, all for the the Special Olympics of Illinois. Uh, the donations all go to them. I'm still trying to hit my hundred dollar goal, and I'm not close. Forty bucks out of a hundred. Uh, but you just have to share the post, and you get a chance to win B4 Festival tickets, uh, which is going on this weekend. You want to go to that? That sounds like a really fun time. And you just got to share. You just got to share on the social medias. I get it. If you're a truck driver, you can't do that as easily. But pull over. You got a phone. And then you got a chance to to go to a very and right now not a lot of people sharing. I think I have three shares currently. So right now your odds are very good, at least twenty five percent. If just one more person gets in there right now, you got a chance to win. I think one of the people who shared won yesterday as well. By the way, so your odds might be even better. Uh, these are the life hacks that I'm giving out on the Craig Collins Show. You got a really good chance to win free tickets. Just go to my Facebook page. I got to take another break. Uh, after that, I will be talking about how people break up. <laughs> I talked about Valentine's Day, so why not talk about how people break up? There's a new survey uh, talking about one surprising thing that winds up being just a deal breaker for so many of us. And I totally get this deal breaker. I'll tell you what it is and why so many people think that, you know, this just isn't okay. Uh, after this, on Ian Walder, the rest of the day today, sunny. Tonight, mostly cloudy, uh, low of 20. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy again, a high of 34. Thursday, snow showers likely with a wintry mix possible at times, high of 34. Friday, snow showers again possible, possibly bre- uh, freezing rain too, a high of 33. Right now, Radio Bloomington, it is 29 degrees. Oh, now, back to the Greg Collins Show on WJBC. All right. Greg Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. I'm here till 6 o'clock. Uh, and then I'm giving away some B4 festival tickets at the end of the show. I've told you how you can enter. you got to go to my social media page and share stuff. So go there, see what you got to share, share it, and you got a chance to win B4 uh, festival tickets or WJBC's Facebook, too, either one. You can call me anytime during my show, 829-2345. And really for any reason, 
Uh, I should say that more on the show. I used to work for a guy who would just take phone calls completely off topic while he was on the radio all the time. And it's uh, it's great sometimes. It's not always great. So <laughs> I beg you to use this power responsibly so I don't take it away. Uh, but 829-2345, call with uh, anything, anything you want to say. Um, I'm going to be talking about bathroom wars right now. Uh, apparently, like 7 in 10 people, 7 in 10 couples, whether this is married or dating, are currently engaged in what can be referred to as bathroom wars. A study of 2,000 people was done. Uh, it found that men are increasingly incensed by their partner's inability to clean the, the hair out of the bathroom specifically. Uh, women are horrified by the mess or the ghastly smells that can come from a restroom when they're, when they're <laughs> in a relationship. One-third of adults think that they, their um, significant other hogs the shower for way too, way too long. Uh, well, they also feel that they have to clean and leave you know, wet towels around more often. One in six people are upset with that kind of stuff. Bathroom nightmares, we can all relate to them, is one of the people who commissioned the study said, uh, the most we can hope for is a bit of peace and quiet when we're actually in the shower. No, nah, it's not. My wife has no no barometer for that. I'm not allowed to invade her bathroom. Not No, no situation am I allowed. If she's in the bathroom, that's as long as she needs. I'm supposed to leave her completely alone. But if I'm in the bathroom, that's not. There's no privacy at all. I have noticed that. It does not matter. Uh, she can come in, you know, do whatever she needs, go in and out. I, I shouldn't expect. Uh, but I don't care. I, I've never cared. You know, if I'm in the shower and Betty needs to come in, that's fine. Do your thing. I, I'm, I don't care at all. But that's just the, the difference between us. I guess some people fight about this stuff, though. Uh, for the research, it's clear, this is also according to the survey, uh, to see just how passionate people are about this room in their home and how important it is that it remains clean. Over half of adults have admitted to breaking up with someone because of, of improper bathroom, you know, behaviors, bathroom etiquette, saying that it just, that's never going to work. And I totally understand that, actually, right? Like, out of all the fights you could have, all the disagreements, decorating something a certain way, whatever it is that, that it's hard for you and the person you're with to get on the same page, the one where you've got to at least have some level of agreement would probably be this one. This room in the home would be the only one where you can't... Opposites attract, I get it, but probably not in this world. If you're not the type of people to keep this sort of thing, you know, in a certain way, uh, then I totally get how it doesn't work out. And I should also say thank you to my wife, (laughs) randomly on this segment, for being someone who cleans that room way more often than I do because she's, she's a cleaner person than me. So everything in the home is extra, triple, double cleaned, uh, quite constantly, and so thank you, Betty, for that. But if you if you had somebody in your life who was just the polar opposite, somebody who's a destructive force, right? Because it's not just that this person you know doesn't clean as often. It might also be that they're they're actively harming the cleaning you're doing or the things you're you're setting up. And so in those situations, it's a yin yang. It, it works even less. But I just thought it was entertaining that over half of people, fifty one or so percent have admitted to, to breaking things off in a relationship over the bathroom war not being settled. Those are the kind of challenges we face in 2020, people. Those are the issues. Uh, in other news, and this is, I, I think I'm the only uh, WJBC show that talks about TikTok, but I do it. I, if you don't know what the TikTok is, it's a, it's a social media thing you have on your phone. It's a video service. It actually used to be called Vine back in the day. It's essentially the same thing, uh, but it's a popular social media app 
where people share little short videos and uh, I guess sometimes do challenges. There is a brand new challenge on the TikTok and the kids are doing it. And this is when if you're um, a baby boomer, if you're a Gen Xer and you often say to yourself, I don't understand millennials, I don't understand Gen Z, I will defend sometimes. I will get blue in the face defending because I'm a millennial. I'll say that some of the stuff we do, it makes sense. The, the avocado toast is delicious. Leave us alone. It's not, <laughs> it's not as bad as you think. But this one, I can't defend this. The new TikTok challenge, I don't even want to say this. Uh, it's to eat cereal out of someone else's mouth. That means that someone puts the cereal in with the milk concoction, I imagine. You take a spoon, you dip in, and you have a bite. And that is a hilarious challenge right now on the TikTok. They're calling the hashtag cereal challenge. That is the gro- oh, the grossest, the grossest thing I've ever heard. This is the most disgusting of things. I don't know why this is popular. Uh, a TikTok user, his name is Mom Mac, which also doesn't make sense that he would have mom in the title. Uh, but he's the one who popularized it. I guess he ate Fruity Pebbles out of somebody else's mouth, a YouTube star's mouth. And then it's just been a thing. It's just taken off. Why in God's name is this a thing? Call in 829-2345 if you do or do not understand this. I mean, honestly, this does, this this pings of the Tide Pod Challenge, uh, which if you don't know what that is, and granted, only one of the two can kill you. Uh, but the Tide Pod Challenge is from two years ago, and it's when young people, stupid young people, would actually be consuming those little Tide Pods the little detergent pods that had like the plastic wrap because they kind of look like candy, I guess. I don't know why. Uh, but some people actually got sick. Some people passed away because of this stupid challenge because you're literally eating poison. Like that's what you're doing. And you're just hoping that it, that it makes its way through before it bursts and, and bad things happen. At least that's not the situation here. But it does. It seems to be as stupid. This is as dumb to, to eat cereal out of someone else's mouth to get the likes, to get the... Uh, and by the way, I was actually talking about Valentine's Day uh, earlier in the show, and I thought something else that was interesting in that study about how people are more excited about Valentine's Day than any other holiday. And granted, I wonder if uh, polls like that are biased because it happened now. You know, like you're not excited about Christmas in January. You're more excited about Valentine's Day. Uh, but that a new poll said that. And uh, one of the things it mentioned is that the pressures of social media uh, make you celebrate Valentine's Day with friends with pets, with whoever, uh, take photos of, of gifts or anything you're giving uh, because you want to seem cool and you don't want to be the one person who doesn't have any one pet, you know, kid, whatever, a uh, significant other to spend the holiday with. And so these two stories, they're both tied to how social media is ruining our lives, eating cereal out of someone else's. That is the dumbest. I can't even, I am not going to do it. I'm not going to participate in the challenge in case anyone was wondering. I will just continue to beg for uh, Polar Plunge donations on my Facebook page, but I'm not going to eat cereal at anyone else's mouth. That's just not its not how I roll in 2020. Uh, one other story, and then i got to take a break. GM has debuted a brand-new, uh, very cool, autonomous car, uh, but the thing that people are getting confused about, uh, no steering wheel. It's it, Literally, it's only autonomous. You can't drive this vehicle. If you buy this thing, I don't know when it's on sale. I don't know who you know would be the first people in on it. Um, But they debuted this at a press conference. It's targeting ride-sharing companies like Lyft and Uber, uh, trying to get into a world where you order a car that does not have a driver. 
It just rolls up there, driver steering wheel free, uh, which actually does kind of make sense, I guess, in that world and that world only, because you wouldn't want someone to go rogue and try to drive a car if they if they don't even own it. You know, like if a car rolled up to pick you up and it has all the components for you to take over, that's all of a sudden like a free joyride, depending on what the car is, how fancy it is. If it has the steering wheel, the you know the the accelerator pedal, everything, then you can just have fun. Uh, instead of doing, you know, whatever you're supposed to do, which is just order a car to get to your destination. It'd be the cheapest car rental service on the planet. Uh, so it makes sense, I guess, if we get there in the future to have cars like this. It's just so weird. If you look this up, there's a post on Medium uh, about this. And actually, the CEO of Cruise, which is the name of the uh, the car that's coming out uh, from GM, uh, has mentioned how, you know, it's going to it's gonna revolutionize that industry but it's just really weird to look at. It's really strange to see the the actual car itself, all the drawings, all the planning for the car, and just that there's no ability to control it whatsoever. Because what if it goes rogue? Like, what if you have somebody hack this sort of thing? Or what if, uh, you know, it just gets confused? Because we don't know how great that technology is. If the computer gets confused, and I actually have another story about a GPS uh, that wound up getting cops involved because it was doing terrible things and sending people to awful places. If your GPS gets confused after it picks you up and goes into, like, the forest, you wouldn't be able to get yourself out. Uh, but Cruise is developing this separate self-driving car with Honda. Uh, they've spent $2.75 billion on, on this commitment to this, this endeavor. And in someday in the near or maybe a little bit out there future, you'll be able to pick up an Uber, a, a Lyft, whatever, whatever the, the ride share is, and it'll just be a car, no steering wheel, that'll roll up and pick you up. Uh, which will be cool and frightening. Quick break, and I love technology, so I, I do say frightening. Quick break, a lot more coming up on AM 1230 WJBC. Uh, after the break, I'll talk about this this story in the news about a thrift store find and then the eventual return of a, just a crap ton of cash. And I always ask on the show, like, what you'd do if you found this? It's $40,000 that somebody found on a thrift store purchase. 829-2345. Call me, I'll put you on the air after the break. What would you do if you found that much money? Um, because, man, I, I know the right thing to do. It's still hard to do it because that's a, that's a crap ton of cash, and it's just yours by the rules of thrift store. Uh, more, more on that. I'm better than that when I'm looking at you, I'm better every You're listening to The Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. I'm with you guys till 6 o'clock. A little bit of Dave Ramsey. You get like a Dave Ramsey tease. Tonight from 6 to 6.30. Then high school basketball, IVC versus Central Catholic taking place at 6.30 right here on AM 1230. Stick with us all night long. Uh, it'll be worth it. Also go to my Facebook page, facebook.com, Craig Collins Show. Share one of the posts. It'll tell you which one to share. You get a shot uh, to win a very cool a couple of tickets to the B4 Festival. I won't keep harping on that whole thing. Uh, but it, it's connected to my Polar Plunge. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting desperate, I guess, for help. I'm up to 40 bucks. I need to hit a hundy. Uh, but go to my Facebook page. More details there. And if you share it, you got a chance to win some tickets uh, to a very cool event. A Michigan man found $40,000, actually 43170 bucks inside a couch. He bought, bought a cushion in the couch uh, at a, you know, local thrift store. That's a whole lot of money. It was a restore, actually. Um, and Howard Kirby said that he bought the couch because he liked it. You know, he thought it was a pretty cool thing. He bought it for his man cave. He had it for a few weeks before deciding to investigate why the foot cushion was a little bit firmer 
than the rest of the couch. And that's when he found just a boatload of dollars. Uh, <laughs> Kirby said a lawyer told him he would be within his rights to keep the money. Because again, rules of the thrift store. He bought the couch. Money was in the couch. The, the person who donates it to the thrift store technically donated everything involved. And then he's the one who picks it up. Uh, but he decided to contact the store to let them know what had happened and see if they could contact the original owner. Uh, the money was presented Thursday to the original owner who had recently um, lost her grandfather. So really touching decision here, um, who was the original owner of the furniture. And I guess maybe grandpa just like that was his place to stash cash. Uh, she said her family had no idea he had such a large amount of money stashed away in there. So, you know, it's it's a surprising. It's a nice find. It's an awesome uh, thing for the family, but they didn't even know it was missing. Um, and she said that the story almost had a, a very different ending. Her family had considered burning the couch if they couldn't find a thrift store that had accepted it. I guess it wasn't um, in the best of shape. So they, they came within moments of just lighting 43170 bucks on fire. And then again, having no idea that it was, it was in there, not missing it for a second. Instead, they find a restore that's willing to take it. And the Habitat for Humanity, we have one here. That's a great spot. You can get a bunch of really cool things there. Uh, but they donated it to the Habitat for Humanity restore there in Michigan, and the rest is history. I can't believe it that this Howard Kirby guy, you know, I, I get it. Look, I, I think I would eventually do the same thing, right? Uh, I've said this before in this show, and we've talked about this topic in other ways. It's kind of like the Edgar Allan Poe poem where there's a beating heart under the ground. There's a beating heart, you know, that's buried under a piece of wood. Uh, somebody does something bad, and they just can't get over the guilt of it. I don't think I could keep the money for real. I could probably keep it for 48 hours. After that amount of time, you'd start to really wonder. Like, I think, and that's, look, if it's just me, 829-2345, tell me, you know, let me know that it's not, you know, uh, the kind of thing anyone else would do. But the first day to two days, I could sit on that cash and be like, man, this is great. 43 grand that I didn't have. There's a lot of things I can do with this money. Blake Haas, one of my news guys, would have all kinds of investment options. I'm sure him and uh, Sean P. Craig would build up a whole portfolio for me. And like they said in this story, uh, the, the person who found it, Howard Kirby, he looked up a lawyer, talked to the lawyer about like what legally was correct in all this, and he was completely in his right to keep every penny. It was in the couch. The couch was donated. But again, that beating heart just sitting there under the... Under the wood, telling me I got to do something would eventually probably make me call. Just because on the off chance that it's one of these situations where it's somebody's life savings, like they're freaking out, I couldn't imagine being on the other side of that. I can easily imagine being the guy to find $43,000 that I don't have and be like, yes, this is awesome. But then at the same time, you got to put yourself in the place of the other person, the person that just misplaced 43. And again, in this story I'm telling you today, that actually isn't totally the case. No one had any idea. So no one was freaking out. But if they were, that's what would make me eventually tell the truth. Probably any significant sum of money. And I think we've even done that on the show too, like what that amount would be. I think a thousand is something I want to say, but truthfully, like even a few hundred dollars. Like if it's more than, I uh, see, I don't know. It's a hard thing to answer. Eight two nine two three four five. Call in and tell me what you think. Would you have returned forty three thousand one seventy even after a lawyer told you you could keep it, or would you, you know, have a few less bills? 
Uh, quick break, a lot more coming up on AM 1230 WJBC. Just Brian Walder. The rest of the day, the day today, mostly sunny. Tonight, increasing clouds, a low of 20. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, high of 34. Thursday, snow showers likely with a wintry mix possible at times, a high of 34. Friday, snow showers again possible. Freezing rain also possible, high of 33. Right now at Radio Bloomington, it is 28 degrees. I can't tell. Now, back to the Craig Common Show on WJBC. Pretty sure that's 28 degrees at Radio Bloomington. Uh, do you play p- prop bets, 829-2345? Do you even know what they are? I love these. There's two things I like. Well, I like a lot of gambling, so I should <laughs> I should start. Are we in the trust tree, people? Because I like a whole lot of gambling in just a lot of different ways. I will play poker for hours if I end up in Vegas. But uh, during the Super Bowl, I like two forms of the gambling. I like filling out that little square thing where you bet on the total points per quarter, and then whatever person, you know, I get my square and I get a chance to win. And there's you, you throw in like five bucks at a Super Bowl party for that, and you can win a whole crap ton of money if you hit once or twice on that thing. But that's like roulette. That's just like random. Uh, the other one, the more fun one, and the one that I've even like gone custom with buddies at holiday parties, at um, Super Bowl parties, is the prop bet situation. And not the game necessarily. The game bets are fine. If you want to bet on who's going to win the game, if you want to bet on any of that stuff, that's great. But if you want to make it more universal... If you want to get everyone at the party playing, uh, throw down $1 bets on things like this. Uh, these are the top 10 current bets that exist in Vegas. Like, you can actually bet on these things. There's odds and everything. So you can call up uh, someone there, go there, whatever. Uh, Sports Betting Dime is one of the places that's, that's promoting some of these. But they've given a bunch of different percentages to all different kinds of crazy things. Uh, one of them, I don't know how I can talk about this. This one is... The headline of the article, and it's a bunch of places. I'll get back to it. There's one involving Jennifer Lopez and, you know, wardrobe decisions, and it's popular as far as bets go, but I don't I don't necessarily want to hit on the, the more adult of the ones. The one I like, one of the ones I like, is what color will the Gatorade be that splashed on the winning coach? Your options, lime, green, yellow, purple. Uh, lime, green, and yellow all have the same odds, uh, but purple, it's a dark horse. Purple, you get, like, a lot of money back on your investment if you go that road. And I don't know how much Purple Gatorade is even sitting around at the uh, at the games. I don't know how often that's the that's the option of choice. It looks like everything's always the lime. I would always go lime in this world, but, but Purple is a dark horse, and your chance to win a bunch of money if you go that way. Uh, will either J-Lo or Shakira be caught lip-syncing? Uh, the odds are favoring the no, but yes is out there as an option that one of them could be caught and you could win some money uh, betting on that. Well, I, I love this one. Will MC Hammer say hammer time during his Cheetos commercial? The the yes is is definitely the where you're not going to make a whole lot of money. Like the odds are not great in the yes world. But, I mean, come on, you're still going to make a little bit because he has to be guaranteed to say hammer time. No, you know, if you go that road, you're going to make more money, but I think you're going you're gonna to lose some money. Uh, will Hammer uh, also say too legit in his in his Cheetos commercial? Again, the odds are favoring the yes. So if you want to cash in, you're going to have to go no. Or if you just drop down a bunch of, I feel like a couple of these are pretty obvious. How many times will the president of the United States tweet during the game? That is one out there. Uh, over under thirteen and a half. So that's where the betting line is. Do you think it would be less or more? Less doesn't give you the same payout as. As as over does, 
but they're both out there as options. You can you can see there's even a political slant to these things. If that's your jam, you get that. You get to feed that uh, hunger during the game. Uh, will any player propose to his girlfriend on the field specifically after the game? Uh, yes is is definitely where you make the money, but no is definitely what people are assuming. I I can't. You'd need a whole scouting report, right? Like you'd need someone during the whole press week that goes on for the Super Bowl to investigate into how dedicated that this would be such an uncomfortable question to ask every single athlete. But if someone did this work, if there's a reporter out there willing to find out more info for us, I'd love to know. Like, is there is there a football player who's been, you know, in a relationship committed for three to five years? Things seem to be going well. Uh, we just don't know. If they're if they're ready to tie the knot, because odds get better, then then I might want to bet on this one. But I need more details. I I don't want to go in you know blindfolded here. I'd like to I'd like a scouting report on the, on the relationship situations of the players, which I'm sure would make all of them incredibly comfortable to talk about that. How many times will Alex Rodriguez be shown during the halftime show? He will be at the game. J Lo's performing, so he'll be there. How many times does he pop up on the screen? And you only have to bet over and under a half, which means one you win and none you lose. And people are assuming he's going to be on TV, so the money is going with yes at least one time. Uh, But if you want to bet that no on the off chance, I mean, come on. If you watch any of this stuff, if you watch the award shows that have taken place where Brad Pitt and Angelina, Brad Pitt, excuse me, uh, Jennifer Aniston are both in the same room, they always show Jennifer. There's no chance. A-Rod doesn't make it on TV, especially now that Derek Jeter is going to be in the Hall of Fame in like 40 minutes. Uh, there's, there's no way. You got to maybe even interview the guy and ask him what's going on because they had their rivalry, by the way, in case you didn't know that. Number two for the best prop bets that exist for the Super Bowl is will Shakira or Jennifer Lopez dance in the twerk form during the halftime show? People are guessing it's a no, but the money seems close to even on this one, so we don't know. And I thought Shakira was kind of famous for similar things i don't know if the uh the the twerk is the same as the like belly dance things that she would do but (laughs) i would if i were a betting man and and jumped in on this one and i've said that i am a betting man i would probably go with yes just my opinion how many dogs will be in super bowl commercials over under three and a half meaning they assume at least three maybe four five who knows so that bets out there too uh the money is almost even by the way the, the assumption that there will be at least three, maybe more dogs, is pretty much universal with Vegas, so they're not sure exactly which way you should lean. Uh, some of the other great prop bets, and I know I have to take a break in just a second. I'm just I'm so entertained by these, and they all came out today. Uh, will announcers Joe Buck or Troy Aikman say Patriots? During the game, Patriots are not playing. Will the people say Patriots? No is the odds-on favorite, but I think if you're a smart man, you go with a yes there. You can make a little bit of extra money. Uh, the Puppy Bowl has also got... I, I didn't even know there were team names for the Puppy Bowl, by the way. I've never watched that. I've never once turned that on, even though I know it's a it's a thing. Uh, team Fluff is... <laughs> that's funny. Team Fluff has the edge over Team Rough. So if you want to bet on the Puppy Bowl, you can do it. Betty White has a prop bet. Will she pop up in a Snickers commercial? Uh, the odds are good that she will, apparently. So you might want to bet no if you want to make the extra money there. And Mr. Peanuts monocle, uh, will it come off of his eye during his planner's ad? That is such a specific... Who comes up with these? What I think I need to do... I know this guy in Vegas. Uh, he runs the MGM. His name is Jay Rude. 
I think he comes up with some of these prop bets. I think some of his friends do. So I might have to get Jay on the show to talk to him about it because I just love, I would love to know, uh, probably just hang out with the people who come up with these things because they're awesome. And like I said, if you need a way to entertain yourself during the game, if football's not your thing, if commercials aren't your thing, and you can lose 5 to $10, you should do this. You should bet on these things. Uh, by the way, the one, the one I previewed first, the one that's making the most news, is whether or not coverage will be sufficient for whatever J-Lo wears on her backside. They, they're curious if that, that coverage will be complete or if maybe there will be you know, a spot missed. And I'm not saying wardrobe malfunction. I'm just saying there's betting odds on that. Uh, people are saying no is very likely that everything will be taken care of. But I guess you can bet yes, and you might get 5-1 to one return on your money if you think that whatever her outfit is will somehow not, you know, uh, cover everything up. And I don't know why that one's the most viral of all the – probably because of what they're calling it, the term they're using, which I won't uh, say on air. You can figure it out if you Google stuff. Quick break, a lot more coming up in just a few minutes on AM 1230 WJBC, the CNBC News Report. BC. Craig Collins Show on AM 1230 WJBC. I've got an awesome story about a uh, paratrooper who's stationed in Italy. Uh, U.S. paratrooper. I'm going to share that in a little bit. I, I love this story so much that I don't want to do it in just a, like a minute or two here because I only have a few minutes. i got to take another break. Uh, but so after the news, I'm teasing a story way in advance, but I love this story out of the, from this paratrooper in Italy, U.S. guy born in Texas. His name is Tony Tracconi. Uh, that's the kind of guy you send to Italy, by the way. If Tony Tracconi signs up to be in the military, first place you offer him to go is Padova. You're like, hey, man, we're going to get you out there to this this province in Italy. And he loves his job. He loves his gig. Uh, but, you know, it's a whole cool, crazy story that I'll share in just a few minutes because I, I really I want to get Tony on the show. Uh, it's my mission now to get this dude on this radio station uh, on my show. Uh, but Meghan and Harry have dropped their official royal titles. Uh, that is Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And apparently this was a demand um, from the Queen. It's something that Harry didn't want to. I don't know if you've been following this story, 829 Two, three, four, five. If you have interest in it, uh, like I do, but for whatever reason, man, like uh, the the things keep coming out. Things keep being said. I guess Prince Harry is heartbroken about the stepping back, about all this stuff. But at the same time, he's doing it because media coverage just got to be insane uh, for his wife. He got worried for her safety. He, of course, is the son of Princess Diana, who unfortunately died running away from paparazzi. So you, of course, get the the fears, the the insecurities from a Prince Harry and the amount of coverage of his wife, Meghan Markle, there in that country seemed to be, you know, a certain way. It seemed to have a certain slant. It seemed to be very bad. So now they have to drop their their royal titles. They don't have to lose like the the Duchess uh, title or whatever, um, but they do have to lose his and her royal highness. So that's yet one of the one of the newest things happening in this ongoing saga. Uh, Harry was quoted as saying, it brings me great sadness that it comes to this. The decision that I've made to step back is not one I made lightly. It was so many months of talk after so many years of challenges. Well, yeah, I'm still interested in the story. I'm going to keep following it. Quick break. A lot more coming up in just a minute. Alder, and this is Ram 1230 WJBC forecast. A pretty quiet rest of the day today, which is a few passing clouds at times, but expect increasing cloud cover later this evening and into tonight. Low temperatures tomorrow morning falling back to near 20 degrees. Then expect mostly cloudy skies throughout the day tomorrow, but fairly seasonal temperatures with highs tomorrow afternoon reaching the mid-30s. We'll see snow showers moving back into the area as early as late tomorrow evening, but especially tomorrow night 
into Thursday morning. Precipitation continues throughout the day on Thursday. A lot of it could fall as snow, but with temperatures close to the freezing mark, we may get just above freezing. Might see some rain or possibly a wintry mix at times. Back to snow Thursday night into Friday morning. Another chance for some rain and snow showers throughout the day on Friday with high temperatures once again in the mid-30s. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and that is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Thank you, Brian. Right now it is 28 degrees at Radio Bloomington. You're listening to The Greg Collins Show on WJBC. I found the story today. Uh, it actually took place, I think, back in August of last year, but I don't think it was, like, heavily reported on. I didn't hear a lot. It's just a feel-good story, so it's not like... Uh, it's the news you need, uh, but it, uh, at times it's kind of news you need, and I love it. Uh, there's an Italian slant to it. Anyone that listens to this show knows I'm a very proud uh, East Coast Italian, you know, and so this story is about Tony Tricconi, and I love Tony Tricconi. He's from Texas. He's not from the East Coast. It would have made it better if somehow I could have been related to this guy, uh, but Tony Tricconi is a U.S. paratrooper. He lives in Tex- or He lives in Texas, born in Texas, but he's currently stationed in Padova, uh, I think I'm saying that with a little bit more of an Italian flair. Uh, that is a province in Italy. Um, and he, his wife was pregnant, and they couldn't get back home uh, in time to you know, have their kid in the United States, have the kid in Texas. Uh, but it was very important to Tony that his child were born on Texas soil, that born on, like, the earth from where he's from. So what did he do? He paid his parents over $200 in shipping costs to send him a bunch of dirt from Texas, just a bunch of land, and he, he paid whatever he needed to pay. They overnighted it so it could get there on time, and he had planned to just kind of hide it under the uh, the hospital bed that his wife would be in for the, for the birth of their child and just kind of leave it there, not even explain it to her. But technically, if he covered enough of that area, he said that his kid would have been born on Texas soil, on U.S. soil, which is a very cool just story in and of itself. I love the... The initiative, I love the desire. It worked out. He was excited about it. That kind of thing went viral in and of itself, but the story's not done. Tony decided that he's not going to throw away this dirt, this soil, this special, you know, thing that he paid 200 bucks to get his hands on in time for the the birth of his son. No, he's going to wait it out for when this when his son can get mobile. And I guess this is the first time that that's happened more recently. He's not walking quite yet, but he's at least getting around. Uh, the moment that he started to get out of the you know, crib, out of that area, and into the world, what did Tony do? He put the dirt on the ground again so that the first thing his son touched while still stationed in Italy, while still being a paratrooper for the U.S. Uh, military out there, the first contact his kid had with ground was Texas soil, uh, which I don't know if that's like stereotypically Texan, too i imagine it's american and all of us but something about this story feels to be like you know extra heartwarming because of the the texas connection and i have no connection to texas you just assume that people from there are proud to be from there um so again he's scooped up all the dirt and he's saving it uh, he doesn't know how much longer he'll be stationed in italy uh but he has said tony on the social medias that if his kid winds up having a f- first start walking his first few steps if they take place in a country other than USA and other than the the great state of Texas, he's got this dirt. One more. I mean, this is going to be the kind of thing you just keep forever. I mean, his kid's going to be known as the kid that has the the bottle of dirt at home 
that uh, that helped him get born over U.S. soil, that helped him walk on U.S. soil. I mean, that's the kind of thing you probably roll it out at graduation, right? Like you probably and you got to scoop it all up, so it's gonna it's gonna really slow down the high school or the college graduation. Uh, Traconi, he's toward the back end, so maybe it'll be okay. But you got to spread that out a little bit. Got to scoop it all back. It's got to be with him forever. I love this story. I love how feel good it is. I'm surprised uh, it wasn't shared a lot of places because it took place back in August and September of 2019. Uh, it was recently rediscovered today and put out on a on a platform I go to often. And so, you know, it's the kind of thing I, I can see myself doing. I love very much uh, where I'm from. I'm sure you do too. 829-2345. I imagine that some people have stories out there of ways in which maybe you've captured that essence of home uh, somehow. But this story is just great. A U.S. paratrooper needed his kid to be born over Texas soil, needed his kid's first contact with the ground to be Texas ground, and so he made it happen. And it only cost 200 bucks. He says that's a lot of money to spend on dirt, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I was at the last game ever that got played in old Yankee Stadium. I, I took days off work. I bought a ticket last minute on, like, StubHub or somewhere. I flew out, and I wish, I wish I had walked the ground because uh, I guess they were letting fans do it. I didn't know. I wasn't smart enough to check because I would have taken a little bit of dirt with. It's the kind of thing you got to keep. I think Mariano Rivera has some dirt, and I'm not even connected to the Yankees. That's just obscene that that's my example, but it is. It's what I would have done. I'd been to the stadium enough times that I felt connected to it so i would have wanted it and i know that i think that also happened maybe it was the the um i forget what it was with the cubs maybe it was the the benches when they changed some of those i know it happened at notre dame too whenever they change something in a stadium they wind up selling little pieces of it and people buy it us sports fans are idiots i I would buy dirt i would buy you know pieces of broken wood all kinds of stuff if it somehow told me that it was from something like the last day of the old yankee stadium i'm sure there's still stuff out there it's probably very expensive, and I shouldn't go looking because I'm going to waste money, money my wife doesn't want me to waste. Uh, moving on to other stuff, this is an interesting story. I actually I meant to ask Cody Goff uh, from Curiosity Daily. He does the show every Monday uh, on my show. He's, he's a guest at 5 o'clock. talks about his award-winning podcast uh, where you can learn things in about 10 minutes a day. Uh, he talks about all these kind of like crazy facts and stories and things out in the world, and they actually covered this one. But I found it again today. Apparently, you can taste food with more than your taste buds. It's not just your taste buds in your mouth that allow you to fully process the taste of what you're eating. Your nose gets involved. Your eyes get involved. All the different senses kind of come together to let you know exactly what it is you're consuming. And it's just kind of a cool study, a cool thing uh, to look into. I guess the reason people were even asking the question was also because of a trend on TikTok. Many a trend on TikTok. This one involves soy sauce and some stuff I'm not going to talk about. Um, but because of that trend, people started to ask, like, wait a minute. Can you taste food if you, like, hold it? If you Can you get an essence of it from all the other senses before you're even putting it in your face? And I guess the, the science is yes. I mean, I don't think you get the entire idea. you got to put that into the mouth. you got to get the, the taste buds involved eventually. Uh, but according to research, there's a lot of ways in which in which in which we sort of you know absorb the taste and flavor of food well before it's actually uh, going down the pie hole. So it was an interesting story to cover too. Uh, one last thing, food related. I'm going to do a food topic here, and then I'll take a break. Uh, Ohio police have recently described Girl Scout cookies as highly addictive substances. 
Uh, they are willing to uh, relieve citizens who are struggling with the addiction and take them off their hands. Um, do you like Girl Scout cookies? Eight two nine two three four five. I like them. I've never gotten the the huge fascin- fascination with them. I've never understood how like they're way better than. I'm apologizing, Girl Scouts of the world out there. Anyone listening? Anyone driving home with the parents right now? Um, I've never gotten the whole fascination, like how it's better than an Oreo. In all honesty, like a like an Oreo is a pretty good product, and I get it. There's the mint ones. There's the uh, some other caramel. I'm not showing a lot of information here, uh, but they they have them, and there's a craze for them. I've never been I've never been addicted, but apparently the uh, Ohio police are. Uh, they're quoted as saying in a social media post, uh, "We wanted to make our community aware of the highly addictive substance that is about to hit the streets." <laughs> um, these items go by a variety of names: thin mints, s'mores, lemonades, just to name a few. Uh, these items are disturbing, uh, are distributed by strong, smart, fearless young women, very intelligent to highlight the Girl Scouts, who will lure you in with the story <laughs> of how great they are and get you hooked. Uh, we know many people think I will just get one box, but one turns into two, turns into five, and the next thing you know, you have an addiction. You're hiding thin mints in your freezer. Uh, we want you to know that we will gladly take those off your hands. Very smart viral post from the Ohio Police Department, and very smart to, again, acknowledge the the young ladies who are doing the, the Girl Scout hustling. That's a hard gig, especially now. Places like this, if there's a Girl Scout sitting outside your local uh, grocery store tonight hawking cookies in negative temperatures, you should probably buy one, even if you don't like the cookies, just because that kid can hustle. That kid is, is a winner. They're going to do okay in this life. A quick break, a lot more coming up on AM 1230 WJBC. After the break, I will talk about quite a few different other things, including the uh, the cost of giving birth, which I found today is getting way too high. I don't know why. I'm in like a, you know, a kind of a birth kind of couple segments here. I'm talking about the guy who's having the kid over American soil, and now I got this story. I also have a, a story about a book murderer. This guy went viral for the wrong reasons. He is a murderer of books. I will explain more. JBC. Now, back to the Craig Collins Show on WJBC. Let's talk about the cost of giving birth. That makes a, it's an appropriate segment of the Craig Collins Show, right? 34-year-old white guy, no kids. Uh, I'm going to talk about <laughs> how much it costs to have a baby. Uh, it's an interesting topic, though, for a lot of reasons. Uh, the first one is that apparently the now average cost, and this is people with insurance, by the way, uh, 98% of mothers with employee-sponsored health care, can still plan to pay out-of-pocket expenses um, when they have a kid. And that amount of money is up to an average of $4,500. Why is that significant, you ask? Why is that something you wanted to talk about on the radio today, uh, Mr. Craig Collins? Well, uh, the reason why is because that's more than a month's salary for most people. The average salary, and I guess this is the average uh, American woman's salary, which, you know, maybe... We have some other problems here that we need to get uh, that difference, that you know, uh, pay gap fixed a little bit. But the average salary is thirty three hundred, uh, and that's the average monthly salary for an American woman. She will likely have to pay forty five hundred dollars or so in order to give birth. That is not a good thing. That is something we need to do as much as we can uh, to fix. I would think to fix that. There's a lot of things in the healthcare world that I think need. Uh, you know what I really like, and I don't. We don't have an option. Uh, here that I'm aware of, and I don't think it's become tremendously popular quite yet, uh, but you're hearing about it more and more. It's the whole, like, direct to a specific doctor 
thing, like some sort of like membership, kind of like a Netflix deal. The money goes directly to a doctor, directly to a care provider, and then you can go to that provider as much as you want. They get your monthly dues as opposed to the insurance company, as opposed to all these different you know, uh, pieces, and you're paying them no matter what. You're paying them even if you're not going. Uh, but on the off chance, you need something. And I guess I'm assuming this would also be the most serious of things, although I don't really hear about it uh, when it comes to that stuff. But like the regular visits, you just get a, a monthly payment and you can go to the doctor as much as you want, go to the dentist, go to these uh, people, get all kinds of things fixed, and then they just get that that Netflix payment each month. I really like that idea. If that simplifies things, if that makes things better, uh, and if it becomes more and more prevalent that we do it that way instead of the the insurance companies and everything, I'm I'm all for that. 829-2345, especially if you're in this world and you can give me more information. And I've been meaning to book an expert in to talk about that, but healthcare is such a, a difficult topic uh, to talk about sometimes. There's so many different layers to it, and, and I'm an idiot. <laughs> as nicely and as honestly as possible as I can say that, I'm not going to get it all, and I'm not going to be able to give it all to you guys. But I know that this at least is bad. I read that it costs more than one month's salary to have a kid. That's not good. We got to fix that. We got to figure out a way to make that better. Uh, moving on to other stories, there is a man on the social media who has been branded a book murderer. People are very upset at what he's doing. You know what's actually funny? I can relate to this story. Uh, I have, you know, something that's happened in my own life. I have a, a member of my family, and uh, I just mentioned I have no kids. You know who it is? Uh, it's Betty. Uh, who might be a book murderer as well. Although, actually, she goes to great lengths to not murder books. Uh, But so a guy went to social media and complained about the fact that his colleague has been calling him a book murderer. And why has he been doing that? Well, this guy likes to travel with some of his favorite books. And if they're big, giant, thick, you know, whatever, like, uh, I I don't know, Game of Thrones-esque books, then he cuts them in half or he cuts them into multiple portions. He takes a, a scissor out, slices through the book so that he can he makes it more portable and my wife does this she just doesn't always cut up the book she sometimes goes to the great lengths of photocopying every page of a book this takes forever when she does it and we have to have a really good deal at a local library or something to do this but she's done it before for school copy every single page of a book without taking it apart just so she can, you know, take it with her. And, and especially when she's in school, have the chapters she needs without lugging around the whole big giant textbook. And it's also so she doesn't like, you know, destroy books like this guy. But 829-2345, is this terrible? Is this the kind of thing that should not happen? Is this is this book murder? Tell me as I take a break, Kim Neurologist Brian Walder, the rest of the day today, mostly sunny. That's not true anymore. Uh, tonight, increasing clouds, a low of 20. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a high of 34. Thursday, snow showers likely with a wintry mix possible at times, a high of 34. Friday, snow showers possible, possible freezing rain, a high of 33. We are seconds away from the Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame, announcing uh, who gets in this year. Right now it is 26 at Radio Bloomington. I'm going to, I hope I don't jinx the guy, I'm going to make an assumption and uh, I'm going to go with this as my bump song right now. Uh, because I think he's getting in. How about him for the New York Yankees? The shortstop, number two, Derek Jeter. That's right. Frank Sinatra's here. It's a great song. It's a really good song. Big fan. Big fan of Derek's. 
start spreading the news. Okay, I needed that. Um, we are moments away from an announcement from the Baseball Hall of Fame. I think it might have even happened while I was pushing buttons. They're going to let us know if Derek Jeter is a unanimous Hall of Fame selection because he certainly is getting in, I think. We had information on about like half of the public ballots, and he was on all of them. So he had been perfect for anything that was uh, stated so far. Uh, it is notable to say that, you know, getting in unanimously was hard for a long, long time. Uh, people like Hank Aaron were not unanimous Hall of Fame selections. The only one who's ever been uh, was last year, Mariano Rivera, the closer for the New York Yankees, uh, unanimously selected to the Hall of Fame. First time, like I said, anyone's ever gotten that, um, that honor. And it may happen again when Derek Jeter in just a few seconds is is very hopefully to this biased Yankee fan nominated to the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, and I'll keep tabs on that. I don't know that everybody's interested. I sure am. So I'll, I'll keep tabs on that uh, for the uh, <laughs> for the immediate future here. Uh, they're announcing it live on the TVs. Um, it's also all, all over the uh, streaming services, all over the Internet. So you can figure that out if you want to go see that, too. Uh, I won't mind. <laughs> Stay here with me. Maybe do both. You can have it muted like I do and do both. Um, while I'm waiting for that award to come in, I'm going to talk about this just because I didn't even know. I haven't followed um, the the Edelman Trust Barometer over the years, so I didn't really know it was a thing, but it is in its 20th year. Uh, and essentially it, it decides or it, it demonstrates how much we trust um, the economy, how much we trust, you know, how things could go. And I guess... More than ever, the lowest amount since the, the start of this, uh, this thing, uh, people believe that hard work would pay off. Uh, less than ever, people believe that if you just you know, dedicate yourself to a profession, to a career, to a business, uh, an organization, that over time, success will come. Uh, the CEO of Edelman said we are living in a trust paradox right now. Since we began measuring trust 20 years ago, this is all a quote, uh, economic growth has fostered rising trust. Uh, this continues in Asia and the Middle East, but not in developed markets, markets where national income inequality is now the more important factor. So this means that even though the economy is doing great, even though things can be going well, the um, you know jobless rate is down, unemployment rates are down, we don't right now as a, as a society, as a people, believe that just putting yourself uh, you know, to work, doing really hard, dedicated work day in and day out is enough to get over that that hump. I think that's really sad. I don't know uh, that I disagree with it even. I, I just think that it's something to at least discuss. 829-2345 if you agree or disagree that doing hard work will pay off over time. Um, but I, I'd love to hear from you. 829-2345 just because according to this research, according to this organization, this is a new low. We are at a new low as far. And I again, I don't have to turn it into like a political thing. You don't have to say, well, it's because of this politician or that politician that that is a true stat. It's just a true stat. The economy is doing well. Unemployment is down. And yet people don't believe that you get over the hump to be, you know, successful in whatever uh, terms you consider to be successful just by doing hard work. We, we think more than ever that luck is a absolute component to everything. I'm uh, moving on to sports stories, uh, stories as I again wait for the Hall of Fame announcement that I think is happening now. Um, this is kind of weird at a StubHub, and certainly not good. I don't think that I'd say this is a good thing. Um, but StubHub, for the first time ever, is partnering with a financial technology company, Affirm Inc., and it will let you buy tickets to games like the 6800 you need to drop right now to get a Super Bowl ticket uh, based on credit, based on you know a payment plan. 
Customers looking to spend between 100 and 17,005 on sports tickets, anything that they sell on StubHub, I guess. They are capable of, of applying through a firm and through eBay and some other organizations to get a, a rate to pay it back monthly. And I don't think we should be in, in that spot as a people. Like, I think that ticket prices are already insanely high. They don't need to get any higher. Certainly on the secondary market stuff, uh, things are too crazy. And I don't think it makes sense, um, even though it's your, it's your prerogative, man. You do you. This is America, so you want to get into debt for a, a ticket to the Super Bowl, I guess that's your thing. I imagine that people like Sean P. Craig and people like Dave Ramsey would caution against uh, this sort of thing. And it's just interesting that there's enough of a demand for a company like StubHub to do this because that is the other reflection you have when reading a story like this. It's not just that they're getting greedy, that they want to make sure to sell tickets to as many people as possible. No, they actually have you know information that says that a whole bunch of people would willingly go into Would you willingly go into debt to attend any sporting event? 829-2345. If it's your team... If it's, you know, whoever out there, uh, Derek Jeter is in the hall now. I just saw that. I don't know the percentage yet, but he's in. Uh, way to go, Derek. Um, would you go? If it's maybe, if you're a Kansas City Chief fan, they haven't been in 50 years. You don't have the money to, to make it, but apparently now you can sign up for a payment plan. Is there a game? Is there a situation? Is there an amount that you'd be comfortable paying over time to get an experience? Because it is sometimes a once-in-a-lifetime experience kind of thing, like, for example, anyone that went to the Cubs World Series, uh, the one that they won, obviously, there might not be another one of those in a while. And there was it took a while to get to that one. So, you know, would you go into debt to go see that? Would you willingly sign up for like a six, seven, eight thousand dollar ticket or even two tickets you can't afford and then pay it off over hopefully uh, it's I can't even imagine what the what the rate of people who wind up not being able to make these payments will be. I imagine it'll be higher than zero. Because there's some people that would just make this decision based on, on emotions. If you really love a team, if you really love you know uh, something like that, if you love a, an event specifically, even just the Super Bowl, you might just say, ah, I'll figure it out. Kind of like student loans. Kind of like all of us millennials that uh, signed our name to a piece of paper and was like, oh, that's a lot of money, but I'll probably make it over time. If you're an athlete, if you're a fan of sports I, or a fan of an athlete, I guess I imagine... You might do this exact same thing. Um, all right, I'm going to take a break. I want to figure out exactly what the percentage is. Derek Jeter, Larry Walker, both elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, I'll be back in just a few minutes on AM 1230 WJBC. Free in your app store. Collins is standing. Craig Collins is standing up in studio. This is I'm 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 mad. I'm very mad. I'm not. I can't hide being mad. I don't know. I I don't even. I know it doesn't matter. I don't even know how to handle this segment. Uh, okay. Uh, during the break, I found out the voting total for one Derek Jeter, the captain, the sixth most most hits all time of any MLB player, uh, the most hits ever by a shortstop. Um, he has one of the best careers as far as postseason play, postseason success goes. Uh, a lot of home runs, a lot of a lot of value. Hit over 300 in both the postseason and the regular season. Really, really good baseball player, and just a model citizen. Every single way, like right now in baseball, you got this crazy, the newest craziest cheating scandal 
Uh, you had steroids for a long time, which uh, I think pulled the perception of the sport down. Even though, like, baseball turns a blind eye to this stuff until the public is aware enough to complain, um, you know, th- then they start to go after it. But they're they're totally cool with with cheating behind closed doors and not, you know, knowing about it. They do the, they put their fingers in their ears and just whistle and just wait a- until anybody figures enough things out. And then eventually they come down hard on the people cheating. Uh, but that was a scandal. Now we got this Astros thing, the sign stealing thing. The Red Sox are involved. The Mets had to fire Carlos Beltran, even though they didn't do anything just because Carlos was involved when he was in Houston. And then he uh, wound up working for the Yankees too. So that's weird. Derek Jeter, one vote shy. Of unanimous 99.7 percent one voter thought that he wasn't good enough to be in the hall of fame this is the stupidest it's the stupidest thing that they need this to be a thing now they don't want anyone to go in unanimous the fact that mo mariano rivera the yankees cl- the greatest closer of all time by the way is the first and, and still only person to go in unanimously is is re- i don't know what it says all it says is that baseball writers are shady they're shady people. Derek Jeter is obviously a Hall of Fame candidate, as are several other people. I'm thrilled that Larry Walker got in, by the way, because it was his last time on the ballot. So if that, if this didn't work out this year for him, Larry's not in. Uh, and people did think, like Omar Vizquel, a few other people, might make it. No one else did. Uh, they were the only two in the Hall of Fame. But why? For what reason do you, baseball writer who voted no to the captain, to one of the, the best role models the sport has ever seen, someone who's never had a single, a single controversy come up about him, how he played the game. He, he did everything day in and day out that he could do to win baseball games. Mr. Hustle, Mr. Everything Man, Mr. October. Uh, this guy, uh, well, okay, Mr. November, Mr. October is a different Yankee. Uh, but Mr. November was the, the phrase coined with him when he hit the first home run ever in a November World Series game uh, in the season when the 9-11 tragedy delayed the postseason by about a week, so the World Series bled into November. Um, I can't believe it. 99.7% one vote shy of unanimous. The baseball writers didn't vote people like Hank Aaron in unanimously. It's just not a thing they do. It is the, it's the stupidest, oh, I'm so angry. I should move on. I know that... There's probably a small subset of people right now who care, uh, but I do. I care a whole lot. Snarkiness, it still exists. The baseball writers were snarky way before the internet got snarky, way before anyone else was just a crappy person. I imagine whoever this writer is who decided not to vote Derek Jeter into the hall is just a jealous, crappy person. I'm just, that's, just, that's my honest take. Like, why not do it? Why do you sit there, look at a guy's career, sixth in hits all time the most hits ever for a shortstop he's in the top 10 top 15 for on base you know the amount of times he reached base he's on top 15 for the amount of runs he's ever scored this guy's got stats up the wazoo and so some human being who i imagine never got to play and has this terrible you know just feeling in his heart and we see this every so often when people do this you eventually find out who the person is they have to go and defend themselves, and they just, yeah. Ha! Oh, I'm so angry. I'm, I'm not going to recover. I, I was talking about StubHub. I was talking about the Super Bowl. I was talking about other things. Um, and look, you know, I, I know even Strauss said it. Or I, I can't. I can't transition. I want to transition so bad. Just know it. 
829-2345. Call in and, and give me a little bit of, you know, uh, just tell me it's okay because I want to move on. I just can't do it. Um, I, I, I will after this segment. I'll talk about Buffalo Wild Wings. They're going to give out free wings if the Super Bowl goes into overtime. There's a lot of great stories. I've got a story about El Chapo I can get to at some point on the show. I've got a story about um, a crazy person going nuts at a Target. Uh, that's a whole st- I got all this other stuff, but I can't. I just can't get over the idea that this guy's going to defend it. He's going to have to stand out there in the world and say, you know, I didn't vote for Derek because just because it's the Baseball Hall of Fame thing to do, nobody gets in unanimous. Just Mo. And I love Mariano Rivera. I'm thrilled he's, he's a unanimous Hall of Famer. I wouldn't want to see, you know, a whole bunch of guys start getting in this way. But the upper echelon of people, they should always get in. I got a call. I got a call. Okay. Uh, a caller, what's your name? Tony. You want to hang on for a second, Tony? We're about to hear a news thing, and we're going to go you into a what? news. All, all I was going to tell him is, you know, man, it's baseball. Come on. Hello, ABC. I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and this is Ram 1230 WJBC Forecast. A pretty quiet rest of the day today, with just a few passing clouds at times, but expect increasing cloud cover later this evening and into tonight. Low temperatures tomorrow morning falling back to near 20 degrees. Then expect mostly cloudy skies throughout the day tomorrow, but fairly seasonal temperatures with highs tomorrow afternoon reaching the mid-30s. We'll see snow showers moving back into the area as early as late tomorrow evening, but especially tomorrow night into Thursday morning. Precipitation continues throughout the day on Thursday. A lot of it could fall as snow, but with temperatures close to the freezing mark, we may get just above freezing. Might see some rain or possibly a wintry mix at times. Back to snow Thursday night into Friday morning. Another chance for some rain and snow showers throughout the day on Friday with high temperatures once again in the mid-30s. From Heart of Illinois, ABC, I'm Chief Meteorologist Brian Walder, and that is your AM 1230 WJBC forecast. Thank you, Brian. I'm going to try so hard not to be angry the whole last half hour of this show. Uh, it is 26 degrees right now at Radio Bloomington. You're listening to The Great Collins Show on WJBC. I'm trying. Trying real hard not to be angry. Doing the best I can. Moving on. Derek Jeter, one vote shy, unanimous Hall of Fame selection. Hank Aaron, missed by nine votes, so I guess he's in good company. Uh, Anyway, other stuff happened in the world. Baseball doesn't matter, according to Tony, who called in. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. It's not, you know, no one cares. Who cares? I don't care. You can tell in my voice and the fact that I can't drop it after a newscast that I totally don't care. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wild Wings is going to offer free wings to people. If the Super Bowl goes into overtime, I don't know if that means you got to get there like while the game's going on. Uh, on Tuesday, Buffalo Wild Wings announced plans to offer free wings to anyone in the U.S. and Canada if the game on February 2nd goes into overtime, a deal that restaurant chains originally proposed last year ahead of the Super Bowl, but I guess it didn't work out. Uh, in the press release, Buffalo Wild Wings said, football fans love to have fun with our established connection to overtime. <laughs> they do have one. Uh, tweeting at us anytime a game goes to the extras, um, so that was taken to the next level this year when free wings uh, were on the line of last year, excuse me, and we knew that we had to bring that program back. So I guess maybe they did do it last year. I don't even remember that. Uh, Buffalo Wild Wings added that the chances of a game going into overtime are far from a long shot, and last year's game was a tie going into the fourth quarter. Uh, the restaurant also cited stats that Las Vegas odds makers have given the probability of going to overtime as about 10%. So, uh, yeah, if you like free things, if you like free stuff, you got to cheer for uh, extra football on February 2nd, and then uh, you get yourself some free wings. 
from one Buffalo Wild Wings. Trying to move on, still moving on. Don't care at all. Trying so hard to forget it. The captain, not you know, I, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know what? Actually, let me let me harp on something else that I've been talking about for the last few days. Uh, I have a Facebook post up, facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show. Very repetitive segment all of a sudden. Uh, if you share it, you have a chance to win some B4 tickets to the B4 Festival. That's something you want to go to. There's bourbon, there's beer, there's BBQ, there's blues music. It's a fun thing. Um, and if you share that post, the one you'll find on facebook.com slash Craig Collins Show, is just the top of the page. Um, it says to share. There's directions. Then you get a chance to win those tickets. I will be giving them out in about 15 minutes. And I won't be like the one baseball writer who doesn't vote for Derek Jeter. I will really give things to people who deserve them. So if you share that post in the next few minutes, you have a chance to win some stuff. Uh, an award-winning journalist, that is in air quotes, uh, is calling called police at a Target. This story is crazy. I read through this whole story, and I still can't understand why this happened. I understand that it did happen, but I don't understand why. Uh, this guy's name is David Levitt. He describes himself as an award-winning multimedia journalist. Uh, he has written pieces for CBS, Axios, Yahoo News, Examiner, etc. Uh, and he wound up calling a target on a manager because they wouldn't sell him a toothbrush for a penny. So I guess, and actually this came up on my show like uh, a couple weeks ago, because uh, my wife tried to get me to argue at a, uh, I forget what store it was now. I can't, it doesn't matter. I shouldn't even call them out. But we were at a store, we were trying to pick out a piece of furniture or something, and it had been mislabeled. The, the price that seemed to be for the thing we were buying uh, actually was intended for a different item. So we brought it up. We were stoked on the price. It was only like a $10 savings. It wasn't as insane as this story. Um, but we brought it up. They rung it up, and they're like, actually, no, you know what? This isn't the item that it's supposed to be. This isn't that price. And Betty kept, like, nudging me in the stomach. She's like, fight for it. You got to fight for it. And I, I remember when I did the story a couple weeks ago, I think my mom even texted saying that she's won that fight before at stores because it's like a legal thing. If it's posted at a certain price, companies do have a requirement to sell it to you at that price. And I guess this is where this whole conflict became a thing. So this guy, this David guy, goes into a Target, finds a mislabeled Oral-B electronic toothbrush. It says it's a penny. It's not supposed to be a penny. He brings it up. They won't sell it to him. Asks for a manager. Manager Tory responds uh, and tries to be, according to the video and the photos this guy took, as kind about it as possible, but refusing to sell the item. She said they're not going to do it. So the dude, this David guy, he knows not to call 911 at least. He says in his Twitter, by the way, the whole reason we know that this story is a thing is because this Jamoke tweeted all of it. He put all of it out there in the world thinking that like people would be behind his cause. Um, so he said he called the business number for the police, told them it wasn't an emergency. They had to come down to you know view the situation. And he is right. I guess law where he is, that's in Massachusetts. Uh, you are supposed to sell things at the price that, you know, is the display or connected to the whatever. He has a legal right to the item for a penny. Um, but he's just being a complete crappy person about it. I wanted to say a worse word. He's being a, a, you know, a less than ideal human in dealing with this situation. So he got the police to write him a whole big, you know, report thing. He had a police officer tell him that they will go be a witness if he takes them to court. But the end result, he was told, is that he does indeed have to take Target to, to court. He has to sue Target in order to get his Oral-B toothbrush for one penny. He's got to go through that whole process. And so he turned to social media and started to say how poor he is, you know, how he's struggling, how he hasn't had 
the money to go to a dentist in three years, and uh, he really just needs this uh, this toothbrush. And here's the thing, man. If that were true, if that were an accurate, you know, portrayal of this guy's life, I I probably would feel a little bit uh, bad for him at this point. I'd probably be like, you know what, man? It sucks that you had to go all the way to to get police and stuff involved, and you were kind of being a little bit of a a jerk about it on your social media posts. But if you really are struggling, and it really is the law, maybe he deserves the toothbrush for a penny. But no, people dove through his Twitter page to find him sharing stuff like a great deal on an Xbox that he had purchased for $450. It was some sort of like Christmas season bundle, and he was sharing it. He was so excited to get it for like $150 off. So this guy who can't afford a dentist in the last three years is dropping 450 on a brand new Xbox bundle just because, uh, you know, it's the holiday season and he's buying it for him. What a guy. Uh, he also said several times in his social media post that he just didn't understand, you know, why they didn't know the law or, like, what it was, uh, quoting David Levitt on uh, Twitter. No, I can't believe I had to actually call the police because the manager wouldn't honor the price. I'm still shaking. Assuming that, like, it was emotional for him, the police officer verified the price tag and told me I could take them to court and that she'd be a witness. Still shaking. In all honesty, though, the biggest problem is that he he flamed some some target, you know, uh, manager who was just trying not to sell something for a penny. And so the coolest thing to come from this whole story, I guess, is that after this all happened, after this all went viral, uh, someone set up a GoFundMe page for the, the target manager who was embroiled in the air quotes controversy and they just wanted her to go on vacation they're like hey we just want to you know raise money for this young woman so that she can take a nice vacation that gofundme has raised thirteen thousand five hundred dollars so this dude who's trying to get his his toothbrush for a penny and hope the world would be with him not only are they not with him they're so anti him that they've raised enough money to give the target manager in the fight with him thirteen thousand dollars Thirteen five to go on whatever vacation she wants. So that it's a happy ending to the story for me. Quick break. A lot more coming up on AM twelve thirty WJBC. I will talk about El Chapo. Uh, his daughter is going to be, you know, trying to get into the game. Trying to well, not El Chapo's game, but she's going to try to make some money on the El Chapo brand, which is just insane. I got a bunch of other topics, and I promise not to complain. Derek Jeter one. Okay, break time. ABC WJBC AM twelve thirty. I got a break. JBC. Craig Collins Show, AM 1230 WJBC. Still struggling. I'm going to turn to the immortal words, the very wise words of one Tay Swift. The Taylor Swift is going to help me get out. Listen to these lyrics. I need them right now. And I ain't trying to mess with your self-expression, but I've learned a lesson that's stressing and obsessing about somebody else is no fun. And snakes and stones never broke my bones. So, Still going. I do, Tay. Yeah, I am, Taylor. Thank you, Taylor Swift. Bringing me back. Just what I needed right now. I need to calm down. I need to get over. I don't want to stress. I don't want to stress about someone. Stressing is no fun. St- uh, snakes or whatever. She's I don't even know all the words now. I can't sing that song, but I loved them all. I was listening to the words. I'm like, yes, that's, that's me right now. Hashtag she gets me. Hashtag she knows everything going on in my brain. Taylor Swift's the best. El Chapo, his daughter... Uh, sad the the whole you know crime thing came to an end. Sad that the guy gets arrested. Sad that uh, you know it's not working out. They're not raking in the cash anymore because he's not a a warlord and a criminal. So what does uh, El Chapo's daughter need to do? Well, she's launching a beer after <laughs> named after him. The El Chapo Guzman daughter 
is throwing out a pint-sized beer that will be called El Chapo Beer. She's Brandon. You know, she's she's turning a, a loss into a win. This is ridiculous. This story is ridiculous. The new brew, which is awaiting approval from the Mexican government to hit the market, is part of El Chapo 701, a brand run by the El Chapo family. This is a notorious, terrible criminal who did horrible things, killed many, many people, was tried in the United States of America because he kept getting out of prison in Mexico, and he has a brand that's going to continue to just uh, be a thing. A 12-ounce bottle of his namesake beer, dubbed the El Chapo Mexican Lager, is expected to cost about three seventy-five dollars uh, if you bought it in Mexico. That's 70 pesos, three seventy-five dollars in the U.S. Uh, the daughter debuted the beer at a ritzy trade show in Guadalajara uh, last week. This is just the world as we know it. I don't know what's happening anymore. Uh, moving on to other stories, a Waze app that was directing people that were trying to get to a casino in Vegas. They're trying to, you know, drop some... Oh, no, this is in Atlantic City, actually. This is in Jersey. Uh, my mistake. Uh, apparently, the Waze app didn't understand the directions to um, the Borgata Hotel Spa in uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey, and it was sending people into the wilderness. And I don't know... This 8292345, if you don't know where you are, if you're a tourist in an area... If you're traveling, I don't know what the reason would be, but if you're following your GPS and your human brain can no longer be trusted to like tell you something's a bad idea, would you do stuff like turn off of an actual road into like the middle of the forest? Is anyone out there ever do this before? Assume that it's like, well, this is probably a street. They're just missing like a, you know, a sign or something or any kind of paving whatsoever. This is mostly a street. This, uh, this set of, uh, trees that i have to drive around what ways is telling me this is how you get to the hotel would anyone do this i can't believe that people follow it but that's how we get these stories uh the wildlife area is compromised uh, of more than twelve thousand acres mostly located in one township with about 45 miles uh of distance from the hotel that they're supposed to be going to the the you know spa the casino whatever that they're supposed to be going to the address on the ad is correct, I guess, on the Waze app, which has a pop-up ad. So this all started because I guess if you're in Jersey and you go to your, your Waze app to, to ask it where to go and you just type in casino, this one is the sponsored one. You click on it, and even though the, the address is correct, it sends you to the middle of a wildlife area. If somebody's playing a prank, if somebody just doesn't like casinos and this is like their hilarious thing, I... I give a little credit to you, but I don't understand why people driving would just trust a GPS implicitly, you know, no matter what it tells you to do. There were reports of people that were like driving off of, of ledges and stuff when Apple's Apple Maps first came out because they were just trusting the platform. If you don't see road, if you see forest and or nothing, my suggestion, stop driving. Maybe punch in a different address. Maybe do something you know, completely outside of continuing to just go wherever it tells you to go. That's that's my life hack. I'm so grumpy. This is the grumpiest last half hour of the show. Um, one last story. I, th- I thought this was funny. Let me try to get it back with something I did think was funny. Uh, this was shared on social media. A-, a kid wanted to play a prank on his dad. So he goes to Reddit. He's like, I want to play a prank on my dad. This is what I thought of. Tell me if it's a good idea. Every day... Until he notices, I'm going to glue one of his possessions to the ceiling. I got a call. Hold on. I'll finish that story in a second. Caller, what's your name? This is Jim. What do you want to say, bud? 
Google Earth is not always your Google Earth and Google Map is not always your friend. Look at how many people have <laughs> driven off into waterways, right. right? Because they didn't have enough common sense to say, "Hey, wow, should we really be driving on the sand?" Or maybe Jim. Oh, I think Jim disconnected halfway through. I think his phone. I, I love. He got so mad. His phone was like, "I quit. I can't do this." But he's totally right. How do people not do that? I got to take a break. I'm behind on breaks. I got a lot of stuff to do. I want to pay off this story, though. A kid was pranking his dad, so he's gluing his his possessions one at a time up on the ceiling. It took five days for dad to notice. He got things like glasses, a sock, a shoe up on the ceiling without dad noticing at all. I guess he had multiple pairs of shoes so he could go a day or two without whatever his beloved shoe was. It wasn't until the kid put the TV remote up on the ceiling and glued it the dad finally figured out something was going on. That's a pretty good prank. I might do that one here in the office. I probably shouldn't tell everybody on the radio, and I don't want to say who I'm pranking, but that that's interesting to see how long it takes someone to notice when just a couple possessions are going missing, or more specifically, how long it takes you to notice just what's going on on the ceiling. Quick break, a lot more on AM 1230 WJBC, although I'm done soon. we got high school basketball. we got a lot of stuff.